about to encounter something morbidly macabre. Viewer discretion is advised. Coming into that type of music in my life now. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. You were into Queen's Rock, so yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I get it, you know. I understand. You probably liked Poison too, you know? Yeah. Yes. You didn't see my Facebook post a while ago. You could take a lot of things away from me, but not 80s hair music. Oh, no, no fucking way. I'm yeah. sorry, but Brett Michaels can suck a fat one. Seriously? Why? <laughs> Dude, that show was ridiculous. The show was ridiculous, but the guy has lived a fucking life, man. Every road has its thorns. My over 35 dynamic that listens to us. Do you see what I put up with on a weekly basis? Dude, there's this one band. Maybe you'll know. I don't rip their shit. Listen. <laughs> oh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Morbidly Macabre. It's your boys, Mitchell, Brian, and Austin, and we're back with another kickin' episode of your favorite true crime podcast where we talk bullshit, we talk paranormal, we talk crazy shit, we talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Don't tell me what to fucking do, right? Am I right? Yeah, you're, you're right. right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Damn right. Exactly, yeah. So, how's shit going? We're living. We're living, and it's fucking cold. It is a little cold here. I was up in Wisconsin over the weekend and it got up to like, with the wind chill, it got up to like <laughs> negative 30. It got up to negative something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We are yeah. in a winter vortex. That is correct. We have Canadian weather where we're at right now. I don't think it's as bad as it was a couple years ago. Or was it last, last year or the year before that polar vortex thing that lasted for like a week or two? We have not reached that proportion, but it's a little nipply. It's a little nipply out there. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, so not bad. I mean, uh, I'm an anybody but Brady type of guy, so that was a fucking Brian? disappointment. <laughs> Brian, not even to go there. Yeah, yeah. There's no point. There's I had, nothing I had a, I had a segment in my head that I wanted to do, but I feel like I'm just gonna piss people off if I do that because I'm telling yeah. you, everywhere I fucking went, I had to hear Brady's the goat. Brady's the goat. Brady's yep. the goat. Yep, yep, yeah. So, let's, yeah, let's not go there. Let's yeah, not go no. There. Absolutely not. If we're talking Nipley, that actually reminds me of the Nipley Revenant Con, which is going to be May 7th, 8th, 9th. We're going to be signing some Nipley tits, bro. Yes, indeed. Don't be, fucking, don't be sleeping on that. It's coming. It's coming. It is. We are, what, three short months away now? Absolutely. Three it's short gonna go months. It's going to go fast. And it will be here sooner than everybody realizes. Uh, Got to throw out there. Get to the Facebook page. I know I posted the hotel is in Casey. I say Casey. People, denizens tell me it's Casey. Casey. C A S E Y, Illinois. Uh, they have only they're only holding a uh, little group of rooms, and they're only holding that price until March one, because Eastern Illinois commencement might be taking place the same weekend as the convention. They're not going to hold those rooms forever. March one. If you want to get the prices that you see there, you got to get on it and you got to reserve those rooms, guys. Yeah, get um, those rooms before those dumb fucking parents fucking exactly. get Exactly. Got to fucking be there. We're doing interviews. Make yeah. us cringe. Yeah. We want to hear some dark shit. Exactly. And we've got uh, 
We announced the Friday night paranormal investigation with the Reaps. The tickets are on sale now. Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Fifty fucking big ones, baby. It's, it's worth it. Fifty it's fucking big 50 ones. Fifty fucking big ones, baby. It's an event bright event that uh, the link is on Facebook as well. Tomorrow will be the Saturday night investigation. I'll go ahead and tell you that's with the booths. <laughs> that link will also be uh, will be dropped. And for shits and giggles, I'm going to do a February flash sale on convention tickets. This will be the biggest deduction on price that I will have up until the show. The February flash sale tickets are going to be 40% off for this weekend only. You'll need to get the code from me via the site. Damn, hell yeah. So 40% Hit up, Brian. off, is that, is that $12.50? What is that? What's the, I can't do that. Uh, I don't either. That's why I just plugged 40 it 40% off, man. 40% yeah. off $20. Brian That's- had a dartboard. He said, Revenant Con. Threw a fucking dart. <laughs> 40%. Yeah. Get them. <laughs> on Eventbrite, it says pick either a dollar amount or a percentage. And I was like, I can't do percentages. Let's say 40. Fuck it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so, I'll tell you yeah, what it so, is. Yeah, it's a so good probably, fucking deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'll exactly. tell you what it is. Exactly. It's a good fucking nipply deal. Go yeah. get that 40%. Indeed. 40. I will be doing monthly flash sales. But if you're curious, none of them are going to be as low as this one is. None of them are going to so, be 45 got to get in early. Get your 40% yeah. off February flash sale through next Monday only. It's a weekend-only event. Buy your tickets. And we're not playing, man. I know a lot of those sites like say, we're never going to do this sale again, and they do it a month later. We ain't playing like that. We're no. dead Absolutely not. 40%. One time only. I already set up Marches and Aprils, and yeah, it ain't 40%, and it ain't happening. (laughs) (laughs) It's my show, bitches. That's right. show, bitches. (laughs) So it ain't happening. Talk to a talent coordinator tonight. We're looking good for the talent that we've announced. There's one that he told me about that I have yet to announce. We weren't sure on. She is a go, an up-and-comer. I don't want to say B-movie. Independent is how I would put it. Independent films. Uh... She's got, I think, at least one of those coming up, and then she's relocating to sunny California later this year. So we might see her in a number of other things. And if we do, then you can say in May of 2021, I saw her before all this stuff. I I knew her when. So there's your opportunity. There's going to be a couple. uh, We'll reannounce the celebrities. We've already announced them. But uh, to refresh everybody's memories, that'll be coming up. Announcements, uh, trying to plan on about three a week until mid-March, and then we'll probably do one daily. So follow, 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 get your friggin' tickets. Let's do this. I mean, it should be enough that your boy's going to be there and have a booth. You would think. You would think. Like, I'm telling you, I don't know how much more I have to say this. I don't know how much more I have to hype this up. I'm going to fucking be there. What's the problem? There should be no problem, you know? Right. I'm there. I'm fucking there. I'm the guy. I know people have been listening. I know people love this fucking show. I don't yeah. know why we're on. I don't know why we're not on the new and noteworthy on Apple Podcasts yet. I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there because we got it, bro. We got the stats. We got the stats behind it. We're good boys, and we got gold stars. We got gold stars. <laughs> That's I right. want my fucking. I want my nugget. I yeah. want my fucking nugget, Apple. I want my fucking gold McNugget. Come on, fucking get it for me. And I'm just talking into a microphone because I got no clue what they're talking about. So. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think we do either. Oh, no, no, no. When it comes to the tech stuff, if you guys haven't figured this out by listening yet, I, I like I said, they 
when Austin says we're good to go, I start talking. Everything else, <laughs> well, everything else behind the scenes to be honest, is these he's guys. Talking by the time he walks in the door, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really easy to do yeah. sound check on Brian. Right, no, there is that. <laughs> it is. But the only reason we sound the way we sound is because these guys, and the only reason we are where we are. Yeah, that's right. Give me guys. some credit. Yeah, yeah. yeah fuck we, yeah. Morbidly macabre air traffic <laughs> controllers. There you Midget go, Austin. There you go. And, and they bring Brian, the you're clear to land. Thank you. <laughs> Brian, you're clear to land. Yeah. <laughs> safe and smooth. Even, yeah, because he doesn't like to fly. We got to make sure he yeah. lands. No, he doesn't. <laughs> that ain't no shit. Yeah, I'm ready And that's, that's a show for another day, boys, is uh, infamous air disasters. Oh, 100%. I mean, how many musicians have we lost, which kind of ties into what we are Stevie Ray Vaughan, baby. The, the day the music Stevie. dies. Hey, you got it. That was February, guys. That was February. Big bopper. Uh. Uh, Buddy Holly and uh, Richie Valens. Yes, indeed. Early February. This is going to make me sound like a kid, but Buddy Holly's the only one that I actually know out of there. You definitely know. <laughs> you know you know Richie Valens because you know La Bamba. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah so okay. you know Richie Valens, and you probably know the Big Bopper as well because uh, I think everybody knows Chantilly lace and a pretty face and a ponytail hanging down. A wiggle when she walks and a giggle when she talks. Makes the world go round. There ain't nothing in the world like a big eyed girl. Make me act so funny. Make me spend my money. Make me feel real loose like a long neck goose. Oh, baby, that's what I like. That's a big bopper. You like. He did a lot of things there. He like this, sang, this week, rapped. <laughs> There's a lot of things in there. Yeah. This week, it was Brian harmonizing. <sighs> he tries, but he ain't as good as Mitchell. No, listen, that was beautiful. Listen, Thank you. I'd buy your mixtape. I had a rough weekend, okay? I need I need like a week to revive. <laughs> All right. <laughs> give, give me a week. Yeah, no, you're good, man. Let I, me get my old-fashioned mix going. You, and I'll, I'll I said it. I wasn't going to try to sing because I don't want to – I don't – I, I can't compete with Mitchell. Oh. But fuck it, I figured I'd throw in some Chantilly Lace. That was Big Bopper's one and only Big Bopper. That game. was good. What Mitchell needs is to just pour himself a nice little old-fashioned since mm-hmm. he's coming back from Wisconsin. <laughs> Get a, you know, old-fashioned ready, sit down on his couch, cuddle up with his, his lovely girlfriend, Madeline. You know you bought some cheese. girlfriend, but, you know. And, and what? <laughs> fiance. I'm sorry, yeah, your fiance. Sure. You know you bought some cheese curds. You guys need to light some candles and you need to watch that scene from Top Gun. <laughs> there you go. Set that mood off. Play with the boys. There you go. Listen, I drank so much on Saturday night. My my dad looked at me like he, he, he was like, I don't think I've ever seen you drink like this before. And, like, everybody was saying it. I guess I'm, like, a straight-edge guy because, like, they were, like, so blown away. Like, okay, let me give you, like, an insight, okay? I probably sat at the bar starting at, like, it was early. It was probably, like, four or five, maybe a little earlier than that. I had, I'm going to say I had anywhere between eight to ten old fashions. Wow. I had, like, ten to twelve shots. Jesus, that's a lot, Mitch. Are you okay? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And we were there until they closed. We were there until the bar closed. So, yeah. I'm I'm here, though. I I made it back. I'm here in one piece. Sporting all your Green Bay gear? I need to. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case I don't make it, I want people to know what I'm about, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. There was a couple of days there where... 
I didn't necessarily have a hangover, but I had like a body hangover. Like my body just didn't feel mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you like, just got bricks tied to you. Dude, like it felt like my liver failed. That's what it felt like. I it like, probably did. Like, <laughs> Welcome to getting older. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to drink and I can feel that way. <laughs> yeah. For Brian, it's like, I feel good one day out of a month. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, and I don't want to get fucked up by drinking. You know, that, that's not what that is. That's no lie. That is no lie. I, I probably should say I got that from a stand up special. That's not my joke. <laughs> it's not an original. Uh, but it does apply to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, all good. Yeah. It's all good. Can you guess the comedian? I don't think you will, because it's random as fuck. Yeah, no, I, I don't know too many of them anymore. Yeah, I don't I really, really keep don't. up with that them. That was from a brand new, well, not brand new, a new special by Rob Schneider. No shit. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a name I haven't heard. He no has this yeah. bit, like he go, like he says that, right? Because he says like his friends will still be like, "Hey, let's get fucked up," and he like goes on this bit where he's like, mm-hmm. "I feel good one day a month." And instead of getting fucked up on alcohol, I want to, like, get fucked up, like, on some cheese. <laughs> right? I want to eat, like, a brick of cheese. <laughs> I'm vibing with Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I can get yeah, behind yeah, that. Yeah. Middle-aged men, they like to get fucked up on a brick of cheese. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or as we've talked before, I mean, go walk, go to the Milwaukee Public Market, get us a big order of cheese curds oh. and some of their... Uh, Oh, what do you what do you what do you want to call it? I don't even know what you call it when it comes to like soda pop. What is it? Small batch or, you know, all that whatever in the hell you want to call. Where we got all these microbreweries and shit stuff for mm-hmm. pop. They got all kinds of off the wall stuff at the Milwaukee Public Market. They do. Spend a day there, eat yeah. a sandwich and some cheese curds. The That's day nice. of your wedding, cheese curds, wine, and you both are gonna dance to the Top Gun song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I have so many inside jokes with songs with so many people that I feel like my whole night is just a song's going to play. And I'm going to yeah. let somebody be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But I think I want to see Mitchell. I think I want to like, not, not their first dance. I don't think, but, <laughs> but one where we can have all the lights out and just have like a spotlight and have it slowly pan up Mitchell. To see that he's shirtless, spinning a volleyball on a <laughs> Hell yes. Net, nets just rise yes, up around yes. the floor. <laughs> yes. You got big screens with uh, airplanes flying across them. Hell yes. We're going to have to try to do that. Listen, I might regret this, so I'm only say this once. So hopefully you forget, but... I feel like Top Gun is such a big part of the show that I feel like when the second one does come out, we're going to have to go see that. Fuck yes, we yeah, are. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm yeah. going to regret saying that. <laughs> but We can check our brain at the door and just have a good time. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Eat some popcorn. We're there to laugh, not to yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Brian's going to enjoy it. Fuck yes, I am. <laughs> Maverick, man. Maverick. <laughs> I, you know, I think I would enjoy it if they like, if it was like a parody, like if they get Tom Cruise to be like, like Maverick, but now he has diabetes and they like, <laughs> 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 like, some, like, like that'd be funny as shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. I could see it. <laughs> they like start playing the song and like, instead of him like putting on his jacket and like 
fucking like driving down the highway as fast as he can. It should be like him like checking his fucking levels, like <laughs> <laughs> taking a shot of then, insulin yeah, down the highway. Never, like, do the thumbs up, like. <laughs> Here's the deal, right? Here's the thing. The topic today is very special because I don't think a lot of people are going to see this coming because it's a little it's a little something different. Same vibe, same topic, same kind of thing we've been going for. But I don't think a lot of people think like that's why I came up with this. Right. Because yeah. I don't think a lot of people when they do this, they think about the horrific element of it. If there even is one for a lot of people. Right. Because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people touch this kind of thing when it comes to this. But like I asked the boys to come up with some music that is horrifying or maybe traumatic to them, or just gives them, you know, the goosebumps or what have you. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what they come up with because, I mean, I'm telling you, mine's fucking gold as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm excited to yeah. see. Now I'm gonna wrap Austin out here. Austin just thinks that you're gonna talk about typo, but I don't think that. <laughs> I definitely called that when I showed up. I'm like, I, I feel like there's gonna be a typo song. I limited myself to two songs from typo. Called it. <laughs> I just didn't know if he was going to pick typo because, like, yeah, typo's kind of that vibe, but I wouldn't say they're, like, terrifying. No, and I... Oh. I didn't take tonight as terrifying. Uh, no, I've got some that are morbid. Right, and that's where I, th- I think I leaned a little bit. Okay. Some, some morbid stuff, but also, as you would put in the, in the text, maybe just hit us. You know, like a sucker punch. Sure, okay. And I don't want to call that horrific, but I... But something that definitely moves you, you feel it. I mean, I am a music fan. I'd like to think that music moves everybody in some way, shape, or form. And we're not talking heartbreak songs, because that's a whole other list for me as far as... Fuck you, baby! (laughs) As far as heartbreak stuff. But some of these... (laughs) Every rose God damn it, that yes, song it did is. hurt when I had when it was when I was younger. Finally found the love of now, a lifetime. That one I will admit, even at the time, was corny. <laughs> that was corny. But but I feel like being music people, I mean, I think we're gonna hit on a lot of things. So yeah, I am looking forward to what we're gonna at least with mine, I plan on maybe saying why it is that way to okay. me. And I think that's probably what you guys I would assume that's what you guys are I'm gonna rock your fucking world angling at as well. I do wanna throw this out there for the listeners now before we get started. I have a little notepad, paper and pen. My will black book. <laughs> it it has <laughs> It sounds like Brian's Jeez, like hit yeah. list. No kid, my little black yeah. man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna kill Mitchell after the podcast. <laughs> Billy Madison. I'm glad I called that guy. No, <laughs> man, I'm glad I called that guy. Uh, no, I've got my list on here, but here's where I was headed with this one. Is I'm probably gonna write down what you guys say too, because I am expecting that you're gonna tell me things that I don't know. So I would like the listeners. Uh, I was thinking mainly of number one fan Melanie McFarland who mentioned after listening to the the Tina Brandon segment. Yeah. She she sent me a thing saying me immediately Googling Tina Brandon. So yeah. if you like what we bring up to you, you guys might want to write some of these songs down because uh, explore them. See if they do for you what they did for us. And I love introducing people to new music and new cases and new movies. So that's what I'm going to be doing with this episode. You know... 
if we could find out the logistics for it, if this episode did like get enough traction, like if it starts to go even higher than we've been going, mm-hmm. I'd totally be down to do like a live stream where we do like a listen along to like some of the stuff. Hell yeah. I was halfway wondering if there was a way to to there, kind of do that, but I don't want to, but I don't want to clip in all these clips either, you know, so. Well, like I said, there, there is, we could, I mean. There's also copyright issues. Right. Well, well, yes and no. I mean, I mean, as long as it's for public use and we're well, not making well, money, which we're not because we're a multi-million dollar podcast mm-hmm. and investments, <laughs> right? I think the best way to do it, to not worry about that is if we did a discord. I don't yeah. Know. Okay. Uh, yeah. And do it as a stream. Yeah. Because Discord, we're not, like, releasing it anywhere. It's just, like, pretty much like a hangout. Yeah, you have to be there to see it. You have to be there to be there. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just throwing it out there. If you guys like this episode and you want to, like, experience this stuff with three fucked up guys, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. with you by your side to hold your hand, love to do it if you're interested. Like, the shit that I'm talking about, you might need it. (laughs) You might need us there. That's all I'm going to say. I'm pumping it up, and then I'm going to say what it is, and you guys are going to be like, oh. What? <laughs> Come on. Because, <laughs> like, dude, I've, I've, I've known about this for months, and I'll, like, continuously bring it up to Madeline, and she's like, you're fucking obsessed with this for whatever reason. I don't know what the fuck it is, but... And it's a single song or an artist? <sighs> it's, it's kind of an album. Okay. Fair enough. Kind of, yeah. Albums tell a story. In some of it. It sure does. Yeah. It sure does. And Mitchell can throw me as much shit as he wants, but Operation Mindcrime is a concept album. Song one through the end tells a story. Uh, I'm leaving it at that. Okay. Uh, I don't have any Queensryche on the list, Mitchell. Really? Really. (laughs) Wow. I I did that. That's where we need your fucking sound bit. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I did that for you. Yeah, I really channeled my Owen Wilson that day. <laughs> yes, you did. I don't think you realized when you left after that session, me and him just fucking played that over and over, him saying that. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And, it, and was that because of all the particles I left behind? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. No, that was... you. <laughs> no. So you had said something about this serial killer in Mexico. He was a cartel oh, yeah, worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had said his body count. And it was originally 13, but it was 26. And then there's this yeah. many, Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I also had to cover up because I was laughing about Brian's flatulence you were talking about a very serious and touchy subject <laughs> yes. and there's just yeah, me just snickering yeah, in the background yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like yeah. I really shouldn't be laughing in the background of that so uh, I covered yeah. it up so it sounds like I coughed but I no, definitely exactly didn't cough happened. last week was bad guys I apologize to these guys thank god this isn't a scratch and smell uh, like that. A scratch and sniff bro because you guys would have been uh, yeah, in for bad stuff so uh I'm curious who wants to, I mean, as, as heavy as you've made yours out to be, I almost want you to be the closer, but I don't know. Yeah, you? I think that's a good call. Okay. Right. I'll give it a start. I've got a lot. So this week was really hard for me because I listened to a lot of metal. So, like, a lot of it's somewhat, you know, death. <gasps> yeah, that, and like, that, it's sad part is, like, that's the kind of stuff I like, right? Like, so what immediately came to mind was, like, you have, like, Cannibal Corpse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bloody entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt. Like some of the <laughs> some of the song titles just kill me. Um, stripped, raped, and strangled. Now, see, I'm I'm not a big Cannibal Corpse fan. I think I like maybe two songs, and I think Hammer Smash Face is one of them. It's one that they all like. 
Scourge of Iron is a bang. Scourge of Iron is, that is yeah. That that's probably out of the like two to three Cannibal Corpse songs that I I don't even say I'd like them. I just listen to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they have a song called I Come Blood. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So that's a banger. One of my top bands, even though they're not real, is Death Clock. Yeah. I don't know if any of you guys have watched or seen yeah. Metalocalypse. Yeah. Uh, I've seen snippets. I don't think I've ever watched an entire episode. I highly recommend it. All four seasons. Okay. It, basically, every episode is a music video for something from the Death Albums. There's three Death Albums. Okay. I Ejaculate Fire goes fucking hard. Love it. Is it horrifying? No. One that speaks to me is go forth and die. And it's all about going to college and about how college is kind of worthless. Not to that, like, it's more tongue in cheek than that. It's more like, oh, you're back where you started. You better just go die. And that's the whole (laughs) message of this song. Okay. They're very straight to the bullshit. Death Harmonic, that one spoke to me. It's all about your fiscal year and your taxes that you pay. Mm-hmm. And how he'd rather watch people die than think about not opening up a business or it's gold. Wow. I've love never it. heard Death Clock talked about like in a very analytical way like you are right now. I it's love very, Death Clock. It's very interesting. I think my favorite part, I, anytime we go on a car <laughs> ride, I put on the three Death albums and I make my poor girlfriend Tiana listen to them on repeat. Mermaider is a song about mermaid murder. It's fucking there's there's <laughs> made murder. <laughs> there's not a death clock song that I don't like. They just all speak to me on an emotional level. I don't know why. I'm a big Amon Amarth fan, and they have a very similar sound to Amon Amarth. Yeah. Okay. Death yeah. and Fire. And it, like this is kind of like why it's really hard for me because a lot of the stuff that I do listen to, Dimu Borgir, you have a Serpentine Offering. That's all about a priest assistant who ends up going down the path of selling his soul to the devil. Mm. Mint. I love that symphonic kind of black metal kind of vibe to it. Yeah. This is how much of a cock I am, Brian, for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Austin Ken, he was there. There was a time in my life where no headphone would satisfy me. So I went through like 15 pairs of headphones in like a couple months span. Yeah. This poor asshole was the one that would have to return and exchange all of them. <laughs> yeah. right. But I, I would make it worth his while because what we would do <laughs> is every headphone I would like return exchange, we would try it. And Amana Martha would always be like the test song <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> to, to figure it out. No okay. joke. I had to do a functionality check on a soundbar the other week. Yeah. And my default was I started off with a Monomart's cover of Aerials. Yeah. Burn me at the stake. I like it more than System of a Down. Yeah, don't say that shit. I love System of a Down. Don't say it around me. But I listen to a Monomart's way more. Oh, so I put man. that on and my coworkers as we're going through it is like they never heard it, right? So they're like, oh this is good. I'm like, I got one better for you. I played I Ejaculate Fire by Death Clock. <laughs> immediately switch the tone of the room <laughs> i'm pretty sure they all thought that like i was fucked for listening to it i can't even tell you some of the lyrics behind it it's just a song about him ejaculating fire and how he's always burning and i love it i highly recommend go check it out all but, right i might have lost where you were going death clock is the band from that show Death Clock is the band from that show. The drummer, like the actual guy who does the yeah, drums. I they were based on Metallica. <laughs> kind of. It's like a little bit from everybody. Okay. The guy who does the drumming, like for the actual audio, 
Mm -hmm. um, is from Testament, if you've ever listened oh, to yeah. Testament. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, yeah. I'm sure. That's Brian's I mean, time, man. I was going to say, you, <laughs> keep, you keep saying that it's not a real band, but clearly somebody put the music out there. I mean, somebody made yeah. the music. So. so they're all musicians, and the show just kind of focuses around it. Uh, but the guys who are actually behind Death Clock for a very long time were actually doing tours, and you could go okay. see them. And what they did was kind of almost gorilla-esque. They oh, like had the gorillas. Yeah, they had a like a, a screen up, mm -hmm. and you would watch the animated okay, um, sure members of Death Clock yeah. play. I'm super pissed that I never got the opportunity to do it. They don't do it anymore. Hmm. Um, super dumb. But where I was going with that was one of my coworkers introduced me to another band that they're good. I do enjoy them. Yeah. Some of the song names, even the band name. Yeah, yeah. Just like you yeah. can't help. I, it's going to sound bad, but you can't help but laugh. Yeah. So this band is called Infant Annihilator. <laughs> okay. And I told them earlier, I was like, that's like something I'd put on my bio. Like yeah, <laughs> Mitchell, <probably>. 26, <laughs> Infant Annihilator. <laughs> so. Wow. They have some hit classics uh, that we can't forget, such as the 2016 hit Soil the Stillborn. <laughs> The 2012 banger, <laughs> Decapitation Fornication. <laughs> That's Ed Kemper's uh, type of thing right there. <laughs> also in 2012, the infamous Cunt Crusher. <laughs> motherless Miscarriage, again in 2016. They've got some, like, what I consider a more refined... I like more of these guys than I do Cannibal Corpse. Like, I'm not going to lie. I've listened to quite a bit do of these. Do they sound similar, or what's the style? Uh, Kind of. It. I don't really know how to explain it. It's not or, as... Because they're newer. Are they more like, like Vale of Maya kind of vibe? Or, like, what are we talking? Like, what? Uh, I'm not familiar with them. They're, they're more of a... You typical what you would expect from like a hardcore like deathcore band. Like okay. you can't fucking understand a thing that they're saying, okay. but like you know you turn that shit up and it goes hard. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you're definitely going to get along well with another podcast that's going to be at Revenant Con, Murder Metal Mayhem. A couple of those Fuck guys yeah. have been in hardcore bands. I mean hardcore metal bands. Uh, Joey Cashman still does cover art and does a lot of his stuff. It's it's the hardcore death metal type stuff. And they know all that genre. I don't know hardly any of it, but uh, it sounds like you guys will definitely have uh, bands to kick around. I definitely, I'm excited. Pete, Chris, and Joey will definitely uh, have some ideas for you. Murder Metal Mayhem. That's, I want to meet these guys. They're gonna be there. That sounds like a they're fucking be there. hell of a time in a podcast. Yeah, they're, they're usually uh, they usually clock theirs in about two hours also, and that's they're the ones that do the whole segment. They do they talk about a infamous murder. And then they talk about the metal scene, and then just a crazy-ass story. And they do that every friggin' episode. And they're over, Man, fuck yeah, I'd have a beer with those guys. They're, they're, over, yeah. they're over 100 episodes. I can't remember. Pete, I'm sorry, I don't remember where you're at now. I think you're probably close and in on 100 and a half. Dude, the rate that we're going, we're going to be there pretty yeah, I, soon. I hope so. <laughs> and, no, those guys, I've, I've been on their show a number of times. they got their own little studio. They've got all kinds of uh, masks. Oh, and, that's the dream. Yeah, that is the dream, my friend. Pete's the shit. Yeah, yeah, Pete yeah. Pete and Chris yeah. are the shit. Yeah. Fucking A. One day. One day I'll be there. Yeah. We'll get there. Well, we'll get there. We are there. We're we're multi-million dollar podcast. Yeah. I mean, we do have a mini studio now, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Kind yeah, of, sort of. This is pretty close. I'd, I'd like to get some decor in here, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
hopefully we can get some people. I mean, they got Sick Rick Masks are one of their sponsors, and Sick Rick is uh, Rick Fisher. Some of the masks, they're so freaking lifelike. He just did a Bundy. My God. Oh, my God. That'd be awesome. Oh, does he do the, uh, like, the silicone masks that are, like, skin tight? Yeah, he makes wearable ones, but he also makes some that are just, like, a bust. Oh, that's cool. And I think Pete's got all of them, uh, Albert Fish, Pogo. But, uh, yes, but leave Sick Rick masks and S-I-K-R-I-K. Check him out. But, yeah, there's a lot of cool shit out there. Yeah. So we just got... uh, Stillborn, cunt smashing, yeah, hardcore, really death metal is Austin's is Austin's thing. That's what he's feeling. If you could listen to Saw, that's the kind of music I like. I'll leave you with Infant Annihilator. This was the one that was brought to me as an introductory. Okay. Bla- bathed in placenta. Bathed in placenta. In placenta. Well, I'm gonna throw another one out there. I mean, if it was. You know, if it was bla- bathed in entrails, that could be Mr. Dahmer's or masturbatory sessions. That's, like you know, that. that's so fucking weird. Like, <laughs> I've tried to wrap my head around that, right? Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, everyone's got a thing, right? Like, necrophilia mm-hmm. is a thing. Well, isn't it, isn't, yeah. it a, isn't it a trend to, like, when you give birth to eat the placenta? It is. Yeah, there yes. are people who yes. do that, and it's alleged, allegedly, I don't know the science behind allegedly. it, allegedly. It's good for you, mm. dude. No, <laughs> allegedly it is, like, the most nutritious thing you'll ever eat. Yeah, because it's full of, like, stem cells and iron and nutrients yeah. and all those good things that we do yep. mad science with, but, like, <laughs> fucking entrails, I, I don't understand, I do understand, right, but I don't understand at the same time. I try to put myself in his shoes of like, I just killed somebody and I'm going to fuck this person's guts, literally. They're still warm and moist. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you wouldn't need any lube. It'd be pretty slippery. Right. The work's already done. Indeed. And it's like, and it, you know, (laughs) fine line of what I'm about to say here, but like, (laughs) right. If you're in that line of work, right? You fucking rip that shit out. Yeah, it probably is a fucking rush, right? Like you're fucking something that was living inside a human being, bro. And now you're just fucking it. You yeah. own that shit now. And he was big about ownership and, and the power. That's what dynamics, I'm saying. Dude, so, it's, yeah. it's yeah. like this. Let's analogy, right? Because there's a lot of people out there like this, right? The fucking people that just have to be fucking in control. They have to be the one to control in the room. They have to always be the winner. They're always fighting for that fucking trophy. That's them, right, man? Mm-hmm. They got their fucking trophy. They're going to fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to fuck that trophy, boy. I truly don't think... I think that's a very good analogy Absolutely. For Absolutely, man. Telling you. Not so much as being that, that guy in that room because he was very shy. I mean, obviously... Yeah, that's the couldn't one thing. Let, couldn't yeah. let that part out. But I think, yeah, in his own private home... Him and him alone. Yeah, this this is mine. And it was his trophy. Why is that not talked about more? Like, everyone knows Jeffrey Dahmer as the people nomer. Like, that's because the meme. Everybody, the people nomer. Yeah, because... <laughs> the people nomer, dog. Have you never seen no. that? Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer, the people nomer. Yeah. You've never seen that? <laughs> like, and you told me he wow. it, it's only accused 
that he's ever tried a bite from a bicep. Or he, he made a statement that he did he, take he a bite said from a that bicep. He only, yeah, that he said that he only tried human meat one so time. So at what point did we gloss over him literally having intercourse with somebody's insides? Like, at what point did we just forget? He was like, oh, because he's Because I cannibal. think that was the biggest... I think cannibalism is a gigantic taboo. Of course, having sex with I would argue would be, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that was one that... Taboo. Taboo. <laughs> as taboo as it was, I think that was also one that was probably easier to put on the air in the early 90s. Do you? Okay. To the extent of, because I don't think, I, I think the sexual gratification stuff that he was getting, I, I don't think would have flown in the news cycle back then. Yeah, man. Do and you I, think that it's similar to like when you talk about Manson you talk about all the occult interests that was going mm -hmm. on in like pop culture do you think yeah. it was kind of a similar situation with Dahmer when it comes to uh, cannibalism or anything like that as far as that's what piqued the interest because it was so yeah. out of the norm but it was something some, something people were scared of there's a famous book and I can't god my teachers are probably going to scream if they ever listen to this not they ever would but there's a book, I can't think of it, you guys probably know it. Uh, Explorer ends up on an island, and the island's filled up with cannibals, and he lives mm -hmm. in a cave. And I feel like that maybe didn't start it, but I feel like that introduced a lot of cannibalism into, like, pop culture. Now sure. I feel like cannibalism sure. is just, like, everywhere, like, well, in a horror agreed. movie. Agreed. To go a step further, I really, truly think the cannibal holocaust was a fucking thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Because, like... That movie is said to be, like, the first of its kind, like the found footage kind right, of style right. film. Yep, exactly. And I think when the movie first came out, similar to Blair Witch, like, people thought they were watching lost footage of people getting fucking eaten alive. Yeah, and if I remember right, wasn't it the producer or the director that kind of played that up? Yes. Yeah, it yeah. did. It, well, it could you, be. <laughs> you can't tell me that Blair Witch, that they didn't take inspiration from that. Like, they definitely took inspiration oh, from yeah. that for yeah. sure. Because cause you could also argue that, like, with Cannibal Holocaust, found footage after that wasn't really a thing for a long time until Blair Witch came back, right? Right. Like, it wasn't really, because it was such a fucking, like, like you said before, it was such a taboo thing. Do you think that was also the content of that one, though? I mean, that freaked so many people out that... Oh, yeah. I, do you think there, I, mean, I guess I'm getting at, could there have been a found footage thing that wasn't as in your face and gut churning well or do you or well, let's explore that, that one made it let's explore that for a second so i'm trying to think of a timeline was campbell holocaust was that 70s or 80s i you might double check but i okay it, it's right on that line it is i, I and i don't i, I don't All right, know so 1980 right yeah right on that line, line. yeah yep. <laughs> so let's okay so let's brainstorm for a minute then right if Blair Witch came out in 1980, what would the public thought process be on a movie like that in 1980? It's not nearly, it's not gory at all, like no. Cannibal Holocaust, no. right? Nope. But it's suspenseful. But if they mark, well, this is the only thing I'll say. The big reason why Blair Witch was such a hit was because they marketed it when, like, they marketed it at a really, really good time because, like, technology was just starting to turn. Right. Yep. And I think I discussed that. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they used that to their advantage because it was it was the point where it was new and exciting, but people didn't really know how it worked yet. 
And they used that as like, you know, this fucking random shit that you're seeing on this new shit that you have. And you're like, dude, this is fucking real. Like I, you know what I mean? So in 1980, I don't even know how the Blair Witch would have marketed itself. I don't know how that would have worked, right? Because no, no studio would have let them do that marketing campaign in 1980. Yeah, I think you're right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, I don't think yeah. that would have been, I don't think there would have been a place for that. So to go a step further, you think about a movie like Paranormal Activity coming out in 1980. The only problem with that is, again, technology and movies I feel like if they made Paranormal Activity in 1980, you'd be like the cheesiest fucking movie you've ever seen. I kind of think it is now. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. The people that still think Paranormal Activity in 2007 was cheesy, just imagine it in 1980. But could it have been a touch creepier in 80? Because then you would be talking about If it was made the right way. Then you'd be talking about like what, your your 8 and 16 millimeter film. I think you can make that look scratchy, jumpy, and fucking spooky as shit. Here's my pitch. If, If you were to make... Paranormal Activity in 1980. Here's my pitch. A movie that really fucking blew me away by how they shot it was the original Halloween. Yeah. The way that that movie was shot for the time, for me, was really fascinating. Like, where they have the camera that's following him from the back and you're walking with him. Yeah. They If they did that same camera technique in the Paranormal Activity in 1980 and you just see things fucking, like, appearing out of nowhere or you're seeing things, like, kind of get moved around or misplaced and they they do it the right way yeah maybe kind of immersive puts you in exactly yeah yeah yeah. i feel like that could have i feel like that could have been a fucking revolutionary thing to happen for sure but again like in 1980 nobody fucking thought like that at all no no you know we're talking you know the era where 80s slashers 80s slasher guts gore hot boob tits women fucking you know how do you how do you feel saw would have been in the 80s i think it would have been similar to cannibal holocaust i think it would have been very taboo and revolted against and i think it would have been banned in a lot of places like like even even when it was released that's in its saying. current time it was still under a lot of you know it did get banned in a lot well, of yeah because because let me give you let me give you an example of that too so like i'm sure we've all seen this movie so Stanley Kubrick's The Clockwork Orange, right? Mm-hmm. That's even before that. I'm pretty sure that's either like early 70s or fuck, I could look that up too. But yeah, yeah. That movie was fucking banned in a lot of countries. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I mean, they're hitting on, yeah. I mean, you got rape in there. You yeah. got, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, dude, that rape scene with Singing in the Rain in the background, that was fucking, <laughs> for the time, that was fucked, yeah. right? You talk about pushing some friggin' buttons, boy, that... Yeah. yeah, and then the fucking scene where they're forcing his eyes open. Yeah. And that's fucking real. Yeah. Like, they really did that shit. Like, Malcolm McDowell yeah. says that he still has damage from that. I have little oh, I doubt. I, yeah. I have little doubt. I mean, shit. Yeah, I mean, the droogs were... <laughs> that shit, man. I, any of our listeners that haven't seen that, watch that shit and then realize when that was filmed. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Dude, that scene to this day, I remember, I'll never forget this. I think I was in a, I was in a Barnes and Noble. Okay. And Barnes and Noble carries a lot of like criterion collection and a lot of like collectors. Yeah. 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 Movies, yep. Blu-rays. And yeah, at that point I never have seen that movie and they had like the fucking, like the real fucking OG edition, like Blu-ray, like knock your socks off remaster mm-hmm. all the whole work. Right. I remember who I was with 
And I was like, man, I've never seen this movie. Maybe this is the time. They're like, I don't know if you're going to like it, man. You know, it was made a long time ago, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I put that shit on. Dude. <laughs> Dude, that, that movie holds up now. I was going to say, I think that's one yeah. of those that transcends. It Dude, doesn't it holds matter up when now. it was filmed. I mean, yeah. I still whole... think that singing in the rain scene is still one of the most effective scenes for rape that I've ever seen. It's crazy. Yeah, and it and it just, yeah. I mean, we want to talk about discomfort. I mean, I I was going along, you know, anarchy, fuck yeah, and the drugs are the just tearing milk. shit up, yeah. and, then, <laughs> and then they get in that house, and that shit's, and you're like, what? Yeah. They're showing me this shit? Just the cruelty, man. The yeah. The cruelty of that film is just oh, Lord. off the charts. That's, yeah. off the charts, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Woo. All right. Heavy. Yeah. So to answer your question, <laughs> <You're> right, right. <laughs> whatever the question is, um, yeah, like I said, I think I think if we go back to like the talk of cannibals, yeah, cannibal mm-hmm. holocaust is like the fucking the start and the omega of that, and I think that's kind of what really kick started a lot of the. I think that's the movie that a lot of people hold the responsible for all of the really fucked up shit that comes out now. And maybe some people will think that that's what really got people to start thinking about those things and getting interested right. in those things. Yeah, because I think before that, you're probably talking, it's almost like specialized history. You know, you look back at explorers and yeah, 14 and 1500s coming across islands where there was some cannibalism practice. So it... I think prior to that, probably it is, yeah. like I said, kind of specified history lessons. You, you might hear about it, and it's always one of those legends that you hear about maybe happened. So I think it was just, as far as Dahmer goes, 1991, I think you had your choice of what you could have picked to run with. I think maybe the cannibalism came to the forefront simply because before, I mean, I, I gave you guys a copy and I, I can get you a copy and I forgot your fucking shirt. God damn it. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I can get you a copy of Dahmer's confession. I got him on okay. a PDF on disc. Um, he didn't say anything about eating anybody or eating a piece of somebody until his confessions, but it leaked out right then that night that this dude had a head and some other body parts in his freezer. That just got the ball rolling. I, I think that's probably why that before anything else, hey, this guy has body parts in his house. Much like Gein. I mean, they find yeah. body parts in Gein's house. You don't hear anything. You find out later about the woman's suit and all this good stuff, but the first thing that they come across is a, is a woman strung up like a deer and dressed out. So I, I think it's... The nature of media, the first gotcha thing, the first holy shit type of thing is what's going to... Well, what's maybe gonna, this is what happened, right? Dahmer, what's what's going to roll. Dahmer really liked McDonald's, okay? Was, <laughs> that's quoted, right? Yep, yep. He was poor, so hey, maybe, man, maybe one day he went to McDonald's and they were like, hey, man, you don't have enough money for that fucking Big Mac. And he's like, well, I'm going to fucking eat some way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that has been part of the joke that was made yeah. about that about yeah. that thing when he says, I I'll need make, to start yeah. eating at home more. I'll make my own fucking quarter pounder, bro. I'll oh. make my own. <laughs> I'll make a homemade one. It'll be just as good. I'll have my own seasonings. I can choose where the meat comes from. <laughs> but as was pointed out in there, just because I want to dispel some of this stuff that has been reported since 1991, yep. he did not, he didn't, 
think it tasted that great. He said it had a beef-like flavor. You know, everybody said, oh, it tastes like chicken. He never fucking said that. <laughs> said it had a beef-like flavor. But the yeah. reason he never pursued it any further is it, it's a very tough meat. He was like, it was just too tough. It wasn't really. Well, it's probably very fatty, depending on who you eat. Right. Well, he liked, yeah. he liked very trim guys. He liked yeah. that dancer physique. So, yeah, you're going to have... Now, answer me this, too. Sure. He was more into... Um, he was more into African-American men, right? That is what the victim pool was. However, but it might have just he been the always, area he was in, though. Too, well, he, he always said what he liked is a sleeker, less hairy body, and black men typically have less body hair than other True. races do. So he said, because he had a couple that were... Uh, what Indian, I believe, was uh, Conorak. I can't remember his exact ethnicity, but he he preferred Asians. He pre- basically preferred people of color because he found, through his own experience, they had less body hair. He liked a very, very little, bo- little body hair. So do you think Dahmer was like a Pearl Jam fan? What kind of music was he listening You know, I have absolutely no clue. I don't know. Jeremy Spoken. <laughs> Semen flow <laughs> in my intestines. You, you hit on something. I don't know that there's ever been anything talked about about any. Yeah. I mean, they had movies in his house. What movies do you know? Oh, he was a gigantic fan. You know what his favorite movie was? Uh, Exorcist 3. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a, I mean, I've heard that that's a classic. I've yeah. heard that that's a good sequel. He liked as as that was, was his favorite, and then uh, he liked... Uh, Star Wars movies. Mm. His his little uh, totem that he was going to make, his little altar that he was going to make, he kind of based that on uh, the scene where Vader's sitting in the pod and you, you see it start to raise and the, his helmet's going back on. He, he kind of liked that vibe. So Can you just imagine getting eaten by Jeffrey Dahmer while Star Wars is playing on his fucking TV? <laughs> right. <laughs> da, 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 da. Your last yeah. moments are watching Spaceballs. Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> that last victim that got away, that's when he, he made him watch Exorcist 3 with him. And what? Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> fucking dope. He did. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, you want a horrifying experience. That's a yeah. horrifying right, experience. Right. Here's yeah. the thing, though. You got you to gotta think about it this way. I mean, yeah, they were terrified, obviously, but, like, the way Dahmer carried himself, he was probably really chill. He was. He was very chill. Yeah. He's probably just like, hey, man, listen, I'm going to fucking kill you. But first, I'd like to watch the Exorcist 3. <laughs> well, near the end, as he was picking up, I mean, when he was having a yeah. murder every three weeks, I think, once a month, at the end, as it escalated, he, he was losing his touch. That yeah. The last one that escaped, Tracy Edwards, he went back to the apartment with the idea, you know, make a little money, post without my shirt and stuff like that. And Dahmer did do that one differently than he had others i mean he almost immediately tried to slap the cuffs on him broke out a big knife said i'm gonna cut out your heart and eat it i mean he had the guy he had the I'm guy scared. yeah just the way brian said yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna cut out your heart and eat it but uh, but it's probably exactly, I mean, exactly how he said it exactly yeah exactly yeah so tracy i think he spent four or five hours in the apartment i'm gonna cut out your heart and eat it because at the trial he he said you know i tried to all right, I'm just going to talk to this guy and try to find an opening to make an escape. So he did. 
Yeah, I'll sit and watch that movie with you. Yeah. Hey, where's the bathroom? You know, try yeah. to make it as chill as you can. How much are they charging for French fries now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want you want me to get you a Big Mac? Yeah. yeah, yeah Large yeah. fry and a Sprite, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I'm, I don't fuck around with the Sprite, man. That's the good right. shit, bro. Yeah. So yeah. it's one of those. I mean, different people would handle it different ways. He seemed to obviously it worked for him. Yeah. To hey, just try to go along with this guy. Let's try to bring it down a notch and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Let's fucking eat my heart, Jeff. Let's right. fucking do that. Oh, shit. Well, can we well watch now the it's not yeah. fun anymore. Yeah. Can we watch The Exorcist yeah. now? Fuck, man. I don't know. And that's that's another thing for another time on a different podcast is, yeah, the psychology of these guys. I mean, yeah, if you take away the excitement and the fear. Some, the only reason why he fucking fascinates me is every time I watch his interviews, just the way he talks mm-hmm. is just like. Very matter of fact and very introspective. Yeah. Very introspective. Yeah. That's why I love watching Kemper too, because Kemper will tell you exactly what was similarities going on. there. Yeah. Not by their home life, but similarities yeah. in the way that they And I mean that's themselves. what's always got me about Kemper's. I mean, he flat out said he's like, I'm thinking this and I know that I'm going crazy. But if I do this, then he's like so to sit there and say, I know I'm losing my touch on reality, but I gotta keep living anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So anyway. I can add Singing in the Rain to my list because that song is haunting. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. And if we're going to do that, another one just popped into my head. Uh, How about uh, uh, Stuck in the Middle with You, Reservoir Dogs? I mean, how can you guys not uh, every time you hear that? Let me throw one at you. Maybe you guys will get the reference. Maybe not. The, The American remake of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, I haven't seen them. Yeah, I haven't either. So. I heard they're really good. Not to spoil it. But in, like, the ending scene where you figure out who the killer is and he's kind of, like, chasing the dude around, mm-hmm. the song that they fucking choose to play during that sequence is a fucking Enya song. Really? And it's fucking spine-chilling. Because, <laughs> like, wow. it's one of the Enya songs yeah. that's, like, really upbeat. That like, when you listen to it before that movie, you're like, fuck yeah, Enya. Hell and yeah. now you just associate it with dude, that yeah. scene. And now when I put it on, I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sail away, sail away, sail away. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I'll never forget that, man. I'll put that song on. Because I went to that movie with my dad, and he'll just look at me. He's like, oh, you fucking know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, as, as harsh as Singing in the Rain is from uh, Clockwork, I, I had not associated that until you brought it. To, yeah. I mean, when I, I could still hear that song without seeing that scene. That is not the same for Stuck in the Middle with You. Every time that song comes on, I see him, you know, getting ready to cut off his ear. And Ooh. So what about, what about, um, oh, fuck, it's off the time. What about Hip to be Square from American Psycho? Oh, yeah. But I can still hear that. I think because I knew that song well before the movie. I mean, there again, we're going to junior high for me for that. Yeah. So that song was a top 40 hit. Before oh, yeah. American Psycho even came around, so I think I can, I can see where that would be for you guys that might not have known the song beforehand, like all of his Phil Collins references and his Whitney Houston. Well, dude, all yeah. those songs had been out. I Whenever mean, I, was, I listen to that Genesis song now, again, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, shit, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I know I love you, but I just can't. <laughs> yes, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Daddy, let's go, bro. Right. And, like, dude, I think the best one, because they, like, kind of make fun of it in the movie. They're listening to a fucking Whitney Houston song, and he's like, 
Did you know that Whitney Houston had four top ten hits on her debut? Yes. Call? And one of the chicks that's like coped on the couch, she's like, "You listen to Whitney Houston." <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like he's just deadpan. He just keeps right. talking like they're not even there. Because <laughs> they aren't. I mean, they're not the whole, there. Yeah, no, not that's at the all. Whole psychology <laughs> of that thing too is he's just those are just props. I mean, oh that, my god, yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, the hip to be square. He's like going on that. Hey, Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> oh yeah. Great stuff. There, there's a lot to be talking about in that movie too. I mean, there's oh, a lot of shit that happens dude, in that. That's a it's a good. I've heard the book is probably better, right? I think I've heard. Oh, the book, the book is, is book is woo boy. Yeah, there is some shit that happens in that. I book. I still think the most iconic scene from that film is the business card scene. That scene is yeah. fucking yeah. iconic. Yeah, and I mean that. The book just plays up a lot more of the self self absorption. Now, yeah. there's there's more torture and shit that goes on in the book, but there's also, I mean, just dozens and dozens of pages about not knowing who each other really is yeah. you think this is who you work with we go to the bathroom we do lines we come back out i mean yeah. one of them disappears for a while that's a that's a big underlying storyline in the book is one of them disappears and everybody's like oh what happened to so-and-so we don't know he's probably dead da, da, da. and they just forget and then they just see him months later hey whatever happened and they talk about how he's come back changed because maybe it was rehab you don't know yeah but they're like yeah he doesn't fit with us anymore now he's kind of squared away, and that just doesn't fit with our dynamic. And it, yeah. There's a lot of funny parts in that movie, though, too. Like there is, and it's the, supposed to be. When the two hookers are there, <laughs> he yeah. has one of them like sitting like in a doggy style, yeah. and he's like talking about something. <laughs> he looks at the other one, he's like, don't just sit there, eat it. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Can you just imagine being one of those hookers, just like, I don't know what the fuck I got myself into, bro. <laughs> Yeah, and later on, as that sex scene goes on, he's posing in front of the mirror. Oh, yeah, he's fucking, fucking, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen to fucking Susudia. <laughs> Dude, that's another song. Every time I put it on, when yeah. I'm like looking in the mirror, I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> See, there's a lot of those, and a, a couple of mine are actually going to be because of what I associate the song with. Oh, it has so, to be. It has to be. So, yeah, yeah I mean, we're waiting on one. We're waiting on Mitchell's heavy shit, so oh I, I'm going to lighten it up a little bit for a change, <laughs> and I'm going to show off my musical taste eclectic range that I have. Uh-huh. So not all of them are terrifying. They just tell some of A couple of them just tell stories that are cautionary. The first one that came in, as soon as you texted, I happened to be listening on Spotify. and uh, Okay. I'd say within the last six, eight months, I've discovered Blackstone Cherry. You guys should check oh, them out it. if you have a chance. They have a song called Such a Shame, where it's the whole the whole song is a story about finding uh, a young female murder victim. And it goes on to society could have done this, 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 and this, and this. It's such a shame that she didn't have this chance. So that one just popped in. I don't have a whole lot of heavy, hardcore meaning to it, but that's one where they're kind of pointing out things could have gone different ways if she would have had these opportunities and that's one i think people should check out in the same vein going way or i shouldn't go say going way back but going into the early 90s yeah a song called the water's edge by seven mary three <laughs> see you, you know it i've heard of it i don't know if i would know it if i heard it. it's it's the same type of thing they find the lady dead and it's kind of a backstory about that and 
along with that one, huge Richard Marks song, Hazard, mm. where he's an outsider, comes into town. This girl is the only one that will communicate with him, basically, and then they find her dead, and he's automatically the suspect number one because he's an outsider and he didn't belong there to begin with. And Yeah, so that's just another little story song. Okay. Another story song that I picked up way back during one of the light shows at Parkland College for Halloween, <laughs> The Legend of Wooly Swamp by Charlie Daniels Band. Charlie Daniels Band. Yeah, and I that fits... Us in the extent that it's paranormal and it's a scary story. You know, he's this miser that buries all his money in mason jars in the swamp. Yeah. And these bad kids want to go steal all his mason jars and they kill him. And they start to dig him up and then they realize they're in quicksand and they all go down. And then the legend is you can still hear him cackling if you go out there at <laughs> night and there's wet spots in the sand from where the bodies were. Not... This is what I thought you were going to say. Okay. Lay <laughs> just, it on me, brother. Just based on the story you told us way back when we first started this, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to yeah, say... Yeah, you were thinking about that, too? I with the candles? Gonna, no, I thought, no. You were, I thought you were going to say Thriller. Oh. Oh, no, no. Oh, not at all where of, I was going. Because of the backstory about that. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought about Thriller. I can't say it hit me hard or anything like that. <clears throat> no, I'm just it saying because a, of the... Yeah, because of the yeah. Ola story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So where yeah, I no. thought that was going, because <laughs> I was about to think, oh, Mitchell and I had the same thought there. When you were going through a dark time in your life and you said, you know what, I just need to shut myself away yeah, and just yeah, blare yeah. typo negative yes, and just yes. set this ambiance to like yes. more or less basically summon a demon and like right. that. Oh, love me. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. really where I thought you were going. And I'm like, hell yeah. Uh, funny you should say that. Uh-huh. I did limit myself to only two typo negative songs. Uh-huh. One of them that Mitchell might not is off of Bloody Kisses, but it might not be what everybody thinks it is. And this was this fit. You guys will have to check out the lyrics and you'll see what I mean. It's called Too Late Frozen. I love that song. And that's all it's basically about is it's a breakup and she comes back and says she wants to say she's sorry. And he's like, but it's too late. Yes. Now I'm frozen. I, you know, I, I basically ceased being the person that you. Destroyed. One, two, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, there's, that was, that was that time frame for sure. But off of that album, you had all the hits that hit, but that one, that is the one that spoke Forgive to me. Forgive her, for she knows not what she does. <laughs> and then I decided to go back in the typo catalog. Yeah. And I'm going to give you the long title off of the first album because yeah. it's just so great. Absolutely unsuccessfully coping with the natural beauty of infidelity. Yeah. AKA, I know you're fucking someone else. (laughs) Yes. You guys check it out. Um, Yeah, that's a good song. I'm going to go a little deeper on that song because I think we can, at least Mitchell and I, can talk about the emotional roller coaster that he's talking about in the song. I mean, you have his coming to the realization that it's happened, his absolute... Anger. I mean, the whole little part where he, I know you're fucking someone else. You went to the, you went to Lamore Saturday night, red nails and lipstick, dressed two sizes, two sizes too tight. Oh yeah. You had uh, what was it? You had cock on your mind and come on your breath. Inserted that diaphragm <laughs> before you left. 
practicing freelance gynecology where there's a womb, there's a way with you. It's for free. Yes. So he goes off and then it slows down and it's almost operatic. And he's basically saying, I know you're drinking alone and I feel bad that you're in this situation and I can't help myself from coming back to it knowing it's, there's just so much. I mean, he runs the fucking gamut. All right. This sucks that I'm finding out. I'm fucking pissed as hell. I think I might want you back, but I can't do that to myself type of thought. There's a ton of stuff going on in that song that people don't realize. I think for me, just based on his lyrics throughout his career and like interviews that I've watched, like mm-hmm. I think he could have like easily been a serial killer. Like easily. You do? Well, the only reason I say that is because like, no, like he, like deep down he was a funny, caring guy, but I'm telling you like the temper on that dude like, if you fucking crossed him... Yeah. Like, he had no problem fucking busting your skull. And I think that would... I know exactly what you're saying, and I guess where that doesn't jive in my head is most serial killers don't kill within their sex, you know? The, True, like, yeah. And I don't see him killing women at all. He's, well, he has always said he his huge affinity for women, even when they yeah. I mean, raked him over no, the he's, coals. No, he... I, it yeah, would I be agree with a that. guy in anger, so I... But I just, I know, like, with his, with his temper, because, like, he has, he never has anything good to say about men. I've never no. heard him say anything No, there's good one whole interview where he basically says he's like, men are fucking yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when, yeah. He, when he does the fucking Hey Joe cover and changes mm-hmm. to Hey Pete, man. Yeah. You listen yeah, to that yeah. song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know Hey Joe by J- Jimi Hendrix, don't you? Uh-huh. Yeah, he changed it to Hey Peter, and he's like, where are you going with that axe in your hand? He's like, yeah, I'm going to kill my old lady. I caught her fucking around with another man. <laughs> fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah. he's like, because what he says, what I'm going to kill my old lady. Caught her fucking around with another man. He's like, I really don't go for that shit. He just says that. <laughs> I really don't go for that shit. So yeah, I mean, I wanted to hit on that because because of so much going on in that song. Yeah, that I think that one definitely spoke to me. So not quite as deep, but are you guys familiar with MacArthur Park? I know that name and I feel like I should know the tune, but I can't. Someone left the cake out in the rain. Maybe I don't. I, I know I've heard that title. It's a. Uh, so, I don't know where the fuck I first heard this song. It's sung by Richard Harris. A lot of people give. Uh, what's her name? I just went to go Richard look at it. Richard Harris? Wasn't that an actor? Yeah, he played Dumbledore. Okay, that's what, okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Huh. So, yeah. So, it, he didn't write it. It was ghostwritten by this guy. His last name is Webb. And I feel really bad because I don't know his first name. No, you're getting it. Um, whole song, you're listening to it, and I always kind of laughed at it because it's a song about leaving your cake out in the rain mm-hmm. and how it, you know, he can't take it. It took so long to bake it. <laughs> okay. And it'll never taste the same again, right? <laughs> okay. All right, I got you. I, I always you. thought that that song was just like boiled down to just that. And that's all it was. No. So Richard Harris <laughs> sung it professionally for the first time in 1968. But a lot of people give credit to that song by Donna Summer. And every time I bring this up around anybody, they're always like, oh, yeah, by Donna Summer. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, she does sing it. She does cover it. But Richard Harris is the one that's usually credited with it. Hmm. Where I was going with it is that whole song is a metaphor, not a metaphor, but it's about having an affair. The guy who originally wrote, wrote it, Webb, he was having an affair, 
And they would always go through MacArthur Park and they asked him in an interview, what's with the cake? And he said, every time we go through MacArthur Park, there'd be a cake for somebody's birthday. So the cake is representative of their affair and it got left out in the rain and he doesn't think he can take it. And that added a lot of gravity to what I thought for years was just a really stupid song. And then I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually like kind of sad. Yeah, I think we should talk a little bit about that. I've always been one. I listen to music, I think, differently than a lot of people do. I don't know. I I know Cheyenne has kind of gotten to where she's somewhat similar to me in listening to that just because I've explained my process to her. Usually even a band that I know and love, my first listen, I'm just listening to, to everything and how it sounds. Is it catchy? Do I dig it? Do I like what they're doing here? I'm not listening to lyrics. I'm not listening to any intricacies. I'm just listening just surface second time a little more digestion usually the third time now i'm paying attention to the lyrics the phrasing how it's put together what what they're trying to say here so it's usually three listens before i really get it so for me i feel like if it hooks me on the surface listen then i want to know about the lyrics and sometimes when you look at the lyrics even if you're on the fence a little bit and you can read those and know what they're saying, sometimes that gives it a whole new meaning to you. And then you're that just like, true. okay, now that hits me in a different way and now it's easier to listen to. I've had some friends that were in bands, one in particular, my cousin, I'm not gonna go into any big details, but there was a couple songs on one of his albums that they sound heartbreaky, like he's going through shit. And I heard the album a few months after he told me the shit that he was going through. So as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, that's what that's about. And it You know just, when it was written. Yeah, yep. and you're just like, oh, yeah, that's, that's some heavy stuff to be putting out there. Nobody else would know that's what's behind that song, so it might not mean as much to somebody else. But it hits you with that. So, yeah, that, that's, that's a good thing, and that's, that's where some of mine go. I mean, I got the story songs, but... Uh, a Johnny Cash one, and I know Johnny Cash didn't write it for all you people out there. I know it's Chris Christopherson, but I know the Cash version. Sunday morning coming down. I mean that song. You you just it's one another one of those you feel, where he's been up, and if you know Cash's history, I mean it fits great. He's been on the amphetamines and stuff, and now it's Sunday, and he hears the church music, and he smells the chicken cooking. He's like, this should be enjoyable, but I'm coming down, and it's not. What about? Uh, <clears throat> What about Hurt by Nails? I was thinking that might come up. I enjoyed that on first listen. I have the, I have, I think the first four or five Nine Inch Nails albums. I liked it. I felt it by them when Cash covered it. There again, the video presentation that he goes with that. Yeah. And knowing his life, he added another layer to make that song really hit you even more I can't some people want to do comparisons to covers and originals and things like that and I could do that with some with that one it is almost two different songs for me yeah just because of who who sings it yeah I would yeah so I think well because yeah I mean it's personal for both of them exactly yeah exactly for sure and I have not ever heard or seen Trent Reznor's thoughts on it. 
on on the song or Johnny Cash? On Johnny Cash doing it. I think he was just honored. And that's where I was hoping he would go because, and I feel like, I don't know Trent, but I feel like he's one that could recognize that this is a musical pioneer who yeah. wanted to do my song related to his own personal experiences and added another layer to it. I, I, yeah, I feel like Trent would be coming from a place of appreciation. Yeah, yeah well, and, and when... Um when Cash covered that song, I'm pretty sure that's kind of when Trent was kind of starting to come off of everything and was starting to, like, he wasn't, like, a mess anymore. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. So that probably helped a little bit. I mean, I think it would have been the same result either way, but I think he was a little more yeah, open-minded. And, and I think Trent's always been, he's, I mean, he's a pioneer of his own. I mean, I don't know oh, how much 100%. you guys, I don't know how much you know about Nine Inch Nails. He put industrial on the map, dude. Right. But did you know he, he has a different, he has different musicians on every mm -hmm. album? Yeah. He does not have, there's not a nine inch nails. It's, it's, no, him. it's him, I man. didn't know that. It's yeah. him, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's him. He, he, he has, hires a tour. He has musicians to do the tours and to do the albums. Yeah. But they do one with him. He brings them in. All right, we're doing this album with you guys. And then that's it. And he just rotates. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's, yeah. It's, it's a little different now, present day. He has people that he like really likes now that he kind His of. His regulars. Yeah. For sure. Like him and Atticus do a lot of soundtracks together now. So Atticus, he's kind of come out and said that, like, he's a permanent member of Nails. Like, he helps him a lot with Nails, too. Okay. Um, I think there's a few others that I'm trying to remember, but I can't. That's kind of been there for quite a while now. But, mm -hmm. yeah, for the longest time, like Brian said, like, you'd be lucky if you stayed after, like, an album and a tour. You'd be lucky if you were there again. Like, he, he really liked keeping things fresh. Yeah. And it wasn't anything malicious on his part. I mean, no. he, he just kind of said, hey, I, I want to work with new musicians every well, Yeah, time. he just wanted a new yeah. kind of tweak to his yes. sound every And I time. think that's completely cool. And I, and I got to think, I'm not a musician, but I got to think as a musician, if Trent Reznor called you up and said, hey, you want to do an album together? Yes. Here's the deal. There it is. You know, you're only doing this album with me. You get a chance to work with that dude. That's still Fuck, a yeah. solid resume, bro. Right. I'm all Hell over yeah. it. I don't give a shit that it was one album. Well, he's got to be one of the most hardworking musicians in the game. If you like, really look into his resume, man. He's, oh yeah, he's a hardworking dude. I think, and this is going completely into left field with this one, but on par. I think that I know of, maybe a harder, slightly harder worker would have been Prince. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did that guy do anything other? I mean, what are we talking? Eat, sleep, definitely a lot of sex and music. We've been together <laughs> I mean, for quite some time. I mean, that's, yeah, you want to talk about a hard worker. I mean, how much stuff did they find in the vault oh, yeah. <laughs> that hasn't even been touched or done anything with? Just, hey, here's an idea. Okay, plink, plink, plink on the piano, throw out a little thing, record it because I had can because my home is a studio. And yeah. 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 That's, that's good a, shit. Yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, just a couple more, guys, and then I'll leave you alone. Um, <laughs> in the same time frame, what I call acid rock, and this was actually written by a, uh, I believe, I could be wrong, but I, I feel like I'm right on this one, written by Hoyt Axton, who is the dad from Gremlins. He was a country okay. music singer. It's called Snow Blind Friend, and it was done by Steppenwolf. <laughs> and it's one of those where you just... Uh, it, it's kind of a story, but he's, I saw my friend and he's so high and fucked up and he needed this. And basically he knows he's dying, but he can't get off the high. Uh, it's okay. one of those that's, it's one of those that kind of, 
you're just like, oh shit. And and he and the song comes across that way. You're just like, oh shit, man. This guy, he was a good friend of mine, but he loves that high. He knows what it's doing to him, but he can't give up that high. And and we both know it's not going to end well. Type of thing. Dude, so. I tell you what, if we're talking about Steppenwolf, if you go in any bar and you put on Magic Carpet Ride, you're going to see Yeah. And, and they've had, I like you dream. And they've yeah. had so many more hits that you, people just don't even realize. I'm just, I'm just putting yeah. it out. No, no, no. You're right. Dude, I'm you're right. You, I just do it for fun sometimes. I go into a bar yeah. and I'm like, okay. <laughs> See how this is going to go. <laughs> but to the folks that like that, I'm going to throw this out here again because I like people to discover stuff. Just just do uh, Steppenwolf's Greatest Hits. I guarantee yeah. you, you know far more songs than you think you do. Brian. Absolutely. that's. I mean, I Jupiter's Child, yeah. Pusher Man, Don't Step on the Grass, Sam, Hell Snow yes. Blind Friend. There's a lot Good that you don't Steppenwolf, know. Steppenwolf, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Fan-fucking-tastic. You got big tits, you like Steppenwolf. That's all I'm going to say. You ride that's motorcycles, you like Steppenwolf, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, before getting into more heavy stuff, let me hit on another band that it means a lot to me that I haven't even mentioned to you guys yet. Seether. Ooh, okay. Uh, I saw them live. They put on a hell yeah, of a show. I've seen them, I don't remember. Is, uh, times, three or four. I'm trying to think. Is Seether the band that does, or no? I'm th- no, never mind. That's not that band. No, it's not that band. Seether is from South Africa. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Sean Morgan puts down some lyrics that you just, I mean... I think we're, I think he's probably seven, eight years younger than me, but man, I know a lot of people that say Seether's music talks to him, and it truly does. Um, one that they put out that was a big hit for him that a lot of people might not know the meaning behind was Rise Above This. Have you heard that? Mm-hmm. Sean wrote that for his brother who committed suicide. That I whole, did not know yeah, that. That whole song is about mental health, basically how we can do this, and he wrote that after his brother killed himself. If you watch the video, it's them in like a upper floor of some industrial, or not industrial complex, but like what we got downtown Champaign, some of the old buildings that have been turned into loft apartments. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. They're doing like that, and it shows like a family sitting at the table eating dinner, and then their hair starts blowing because the sun is out on the roof getting ready to jump, and they're feeling it, and then when the sun jumps, they all fall back from the table. In it. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back yeah. and watch that video and re-listen to it. It's been a while since I've listened to Seether. Um, yeah, Seether was like a middle school band for us, I think. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> yeah we're babies. Yeah, no, they're... they're yeah, I, just, I get it. Just to put it into context, when I saw Seether live, uh, they played with... I, I might have this mixed up. I, the bands are right. If I remember correctly, Seether was headlining, then... Nickelback and Bush opened. Ooh, where was this at? Dude, uh, there's no way that Seether closed for Nickelback. Nickelback would have been the headliner. Yeah, you might be right. Nickelback there's might have no, been the yeah. headliner. As much as I hate to say that, that I can tell. No, no there was a there was a time when that's. That, I mean, it's a simple truth. Yeah, it could have been. It's been a while. I know it was Bush, Nickelback. Because you pro- that was probably the tour of like photograph, like when they were blowing the fuck <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this graph. <laughs> it's not that they're bad. Like I can't enjoy it. They're just not. Everything's just sounds the same. But yeah. see, they're killed it that night. Yeah. Bush. I've never been a Bush fan. Bush I is give yeah, a fuck that's less an acquired taste for sure. Like some people, like I, this is the truth. People that I've met, you either like really, really fucking love Bush, or like you, where you're like, eh. 
I think that, like that's about it. I think I had their first two albums, and and Gavin has a unique voice that I, I yeah. like. I like hearing him sing, but I can't say I've sought him out. Who was married to him? He was married. Gwen. To that, yeah, it was Gwen. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. But before uh, she got the country fucking twang. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I saw Seether. I feel like twice at the assembly hall. Once over in Bloomington, and once over in Ohio. And one of the times that I saw him here at the assembly hall was right after, it might have been a month after the NIU shooting up mm. in Northern. And Rise Above This was out. And, and Sean doesn't do any talking, if you remember. He doesn't really, he doesn't introduce songs. He doesn't really have any crowd interaction. He's just a, a very quiet guy. But he did say, he was like, uh, he, I remember him saying specifically, he's like, I'm not very good at this, but I want to dedicate this song to, to the survivors of NIU. Because he knew it was here. That's cool. And he did rise above this. So there's that one. And then one that will probably surprise some people because it's not a love song or anything. It's called See You at the Bottom uh, by Seether. And Cheyenne, when you listen to this, you'll know exactly why. This was after an incident when I worked at Rantoul Police Department. I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But promises were made by people in charge that were not followed through with. And come to find out they probably never were going to be followed through with. And one of the lyrics in here just struck a chord right off the bat. It said, I can't believe that I was bested by a liar. And that lyric, <laughs> I was just like, shit, that last you. me. I'm like, I can't believe I was bested by a liar. Yeah. So that was one that lyrically, just that one lyric, and I was on that song. So that's my seether. And then... Heavy stuff. Here's my heavy stuff leading into Mitchell's heavy stuff. <laughs> a band that had a couple big hits. I think they were far better than people ever realized. My personal opinion. Caroline Spine. Their huge hit was called Sullivan. It was about the Sullivan boys in World War II. They were all killed. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they had another song or two that was on the radio. But one that was off of that same album, Monsoon, is called Wallflower fucking heart-wrenching <laughs> i mean he sings it from that point of view i see you but i know you can't see me i don't know if you even would acknowledge me uh there's a part about how he's in his apartment he's like i'm surrounded by my friends which is his tv that is on all the time and his phone that never rings and basically that's <laughs> it and my kind of life yeah he's just living his life as a wallflower and then he shoots himself boom boom and she is there and he's like there's there's my love and now she's seeing me as i'm dying and ah yeah yeah it just fucks with you it sucks dude. my other two both i picked up from movies yeah this one as soon as i say the title you're gonna know it's heavy as fuck wait 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 celine dion <laughs> no. No. A little older. A little older. A little older. Okay. A little older. Kenny Loggins. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but he is known for soundtracks. Okay. We're getting somewhere. John Williams. Yes. Okay. John Williams, but with special accompaniment on this song by Ishjack Perlman, world famous violinist. Mm-hmm. On the song titled Auschwitz-Birkenau from Schindler's List. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You want to talk heavy. Yeah. 
I mean, it's heavy enough in the movie that that's what's playing when they go in. I had to have the soundtrack on CD, and I'd sometimes just listen to the whole soundtrack. You know, you got yeah. your Schindler's theme and other and other orchestral music, but that one, and it's Jack Perlman's violin is what makes it, because it's that, I mean, it's just the really, it, it puts you there. I mean, and knowing what they were headed into and hearing that tune, it, it's, it's just friggin' heavy in my opinion, and that's one that, I think that's kind of what we were going for a little bit as far as morbid and heavy. It's not even, you can't even call it foreshadowing. You just fucking know. Yeah. When you hear that start up, what's coming. And I will finish with one that a lot of people, I didn't even know the title of this. I had looked it up by a lyric that I knew, and it, and it finally got me the title. It was in uh, We Were Soldiers is where I got it from. Mm. And it was also the last song on End of Watch. Okay. It's called Sergeant McKenzie by Joseph Klein, or Kilna McKenzie. He wrote it about his great-great-grandfather who was killed in World War I. You guys will know this song. I'm probably not going to do it justice, but I'm going to start. Because when I looked it up, I wanted to see what he was really saying. And mm -hmm. it's, it's Gaelic, because I think he's Scottish. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's Gaelic, but once you read the lyrics... You can see how we got our words from these Gaelic songs and her Gaelic words. <clears throat> it's the one that goes, Lay me down in the cold, cold ground where uh, okay. many men have gone. Yeah, that, it's all about, yeah, just go ahead and lay me down. My fighting's done. I've fucking got goosebumps just singing my little song for it, so. Yeah. Do yourselves a favor, Sergeant McKenzie, and it's the, the long way. It's not MC, it's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. Both the story about it and the song itself. If you don't feel something, uh, you're dead or I am. And well, I'm pretty fucking dead. that uh, My Heart Will Go On wasn't on that list. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry, Holmes. <laughs> no. You know? No. A little Leo and Kate Winslet action. I but... did see that film in the theaters. I bet you did. <laughs> you were probably, what, already 40 at that point? Or pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know what, and you know the scene that got me? I mean, that, that I felt closest to really feeling emotion for? When the musicians are still playing, when everybody's fucking, like, running for their life. That was up there, but this one scene in particular. Uh-huh. Like, I, I felt it in my chest. The captain? The old couple. Yeah. That laid down together with the waters already coming up, almost up to their bunk. Yeah. And they just decided, you know what? We're, we're not going to make it. We're going to die together, and let's, let's hold each other. Yeah. That yeah, fucking yeah, scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. More yeah. than any of Leo's yeah. and, and uh, Kate's scenes. That scene. Yeah, just, fuck Kate. He could have fit on the door, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God damn it. But that, yeah, yeah, and the band leader, when he was like, gentlemen, it's been an honor. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was pretty tough. But that, that old couple is what got me. Oh. And I'm going to take a brief break because i got to be here for all of Mitchell's and I don't want to be uncomfortable. i, I got to piss. I'm going to take this moment to thank our sponsors, Roman Swipes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can oh, I get some water? Oh, this chair sunk. Yeah, that chair sucks ass. That's why I bought this chair. Yeah. And I. <clears throat> Here comes Randall. He's a berserker. 
Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, so like our um, yeah, Roman swipes. I, uh, <laughs> you ever been sitting in bed at night thinking to yourself, man, <laughs> I really wish that that sex earlier lasted a little bit longer. <laughs> I wish that I was able to make my girl come all the way. You know? Every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that she got more enjoyment than I did. <laughs> well, you, you can do that. <laughs> Just use the code "fuck me, daddy" for fifty percent off <laughs> your first order, bro. You got it. <laughs> oh Jesus! So I want to hear your. Yeah, you, yeah, I've been in suspense at the edge me of my too. chair. Me too. Me too. I'm night. wanting to know if this is going to be something. Is it going to be something we know? Because it seems like it's consumed you quite a bit. Yeah, I, I'm just curious if it's going to be something that we know or if it's going to be. A little more obscure. Well, see, I'm, I'm enjoying the suspense, so I'm going to give you, like, a little pregame uh, show, and then we'll Jesus. go in, okay? What was just, he talking just, about making it last longer? <laughs> just, just, just because you guys, you know, you Put had Roman good... swipes on his tongue. Yeah. Joke's on him. <laughs> Joke's on him, I'll fucking cut it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, before I unravel just the most fucking spine-tingling fucking music you can find online, uh... <laughs> I'll tell you where everything started for me, okay? Sure, yeah. So, what I really started to find chilling to me would be, like, specific uh, movie scores. Okay. So, to give you, like, a good example is, like, when I was younger and the first time I saw uh, Requiem for a Dream. Hell so, yeah. That whole score. That's an iconic score. Yeah, yeah. So, Clint Mansell doesn't fuck around, right? And yeah, dude, like, I used to listen to that score, like, top to bottom. And, like, to this day, like... It's flawless. It's flawless. And, like, to be completely honest with you, like, the movie almost plays in your head while you're listening to it. Like, it's one of those few scores, like, I feel like I'm almost watching the movie over again by just listening to the score. Well, then it's doing its job. Exactly. I mean, that's that's fucking phenomenal. I'm going to interrupt briefly. I can't think of too many that I know the score for that I actually wanted to own, but uh, The Crow is one of those. Hell yeah. Oh, when yeah, you yeah, listen yeah. to the yeah, score yeah, for The yeah. Crow from start to finish, you see the scenes happening. Who did the score for The Crow? Uh, Graham Revell, I do believe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, sorry. No, no, no. You're good. So, yeah. So, that's kind of where that shit started for me, where I started thinking about, like, how music could actually be, like, horrifying and terrifying yeah. and chilling. And you don't actually have to see visuals to, to get the chills, brah. Um, so then I started like messing around with like, you know, how do, how do scary movies, you know, do these effective jump scares? And a lot of it has to do with like audio effects and sounds and music and the way to do that. And there's films that do it a lot better than others, you know, whether it's just effects or if they find like a really chilling song that just adds to the scene perfectly. Give you an example, like. A lot of people were really affected by when Insidious, that franchise, started playing Tiny Tim songs in the right context. And I fucking, I fucking hate that song. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> it is, but it can be fucking freaky now. Dude, the way they scored it, yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, I'll give it yeah. credit. And in Insidious, outside of that, that song got played everywhere after that movie got released. Well. 
But it's been around since, what, the 70s? Yeah, but yeah, Tiny so. Tim was always kind of a strange he, Exactly, and I individual. think if you've seen the dude and seen anything by that's him... What I'm, that's what makes it even scarier. It, right, right. Have you ever seen him? No, I'm oh, about to. Oh, yeah. oh, dude, look at There's him a up. reason why Insidious did that, because I'm telling you, if you look up the fucking the guy... If you look up Tiny Tim, he's a, he's a hunchback uh, weirdo. He truly yes. is. He really is. He's a, he, Oh, that poor soul. He's a hunchback. Weird Al, and he plays the ukulele. Yep. And he's fucking creepy, dude. Yeah, he's and he, a and he's, killer. He, he always kept character. Always. Yep. Always. He yeah, because if character. you talked to him, he would talk like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I see what you're saying. Well, can I throw in a little vibe here? Yeah. And just because I just watched it last night. Um, yeah. Sage and I decided we are going to see the newest... Uh, Kong Godzilla. So okay. we wanted to see back what we've gone back to to watch the new canon of what's going to be considered that. Okay. She could not remember Peter Jackson's King Kong, the fight mm. with the uh the Rexes. Yeah. And I noticed last night for the first time halfway through that, you've got all your you know your music or the for the fight, but when they're in the vines between the two mountains or whatever and they're all hung up, there's nothing. It's just a the crank of the butt and the chomping of the stuff. So I think sometimes the idea of taking the music away and just letting the scene, have you found anything like that that you enjoy where you, where you noticed, hey, there's nothing else going on but the sound of these guys. I don't remember if that's like in No Country, for when, when No Country, when he's, when he's choking out the cop. I don't remember if there's any music. You hear the, you know, the, you, know you hear his yeah. feet going on. So sometimes lack of. Dude, there's a lot of really underground horror films that do that. Where you just hear the sounds of the actions. Yeah. And it's as effective as... Yeah. Because I've watched something. I feel like maybe we watched the same thing. I don't I don't remember if it was a documentary or what it was on or if it was an extras on one of the movies where uh -huh. they talked about... The guy that was doing the score was talking about a lot of this is psychologically psychological. Some of the stuff you're seeing might not be that scary, but the song, but the music leading into it is telling you you're going to be scared. Well, you know what? You it know what builds here. The right way. What's that? Is the rape scene in the remake of The Last House on the Left. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Wait, really? Yeah. No. Yeah. I. You would have thought I would have seen it by now. Well, that I fits, because I, I could be wrong. I don't think anything plays. I really don't. Yeah. And it's just raw. Yeah. And it's pre-fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, and that, that's why I was asking if you think it could be, it could go both ways. Cause, it can. Because mentioning the rape scene in, in Clockwork, yeah. I well, think I think if they just played that straight with no music, I don't think it would have been as effective as something No, it wouldn't have. But another one, too, an older film, I don't really think Deliverance used a lot. I mean, besides the dueling banjos. No, they didn't it, you're right. The, no, it, you didn't. The river sounds. Yeah. Were a lot of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, so yeah. Works with some films, some don't. You just kind of have to feel the yeah. vibe. So that's definitely a thing. I'm digging it. So, yeah, so then I got that. And then as I got older, I started, gr like, growing this appreciation for, like, some of the darker, like, electronic music. Because I didn't know that there was a lot of that out there, but there mm -hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I've showed I'm pretty sure I've showed Austin some of the stuff, but like there's some stuff out there like the Hacks on Cloak or like Arca or I don't know what you played the day that we went to Yeah. Uh is late at night. Mitchell and I were watching a horror movie 
And it wasn't terribly late. It was, what, about, like, midnight? Yeah. And Mitchell's like, hey, what, what was the place? Something manor. It was the Voorhees Castle, right? Voorhees Castle, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. was like, hey, you yeah. want to take a, a trip to Voorhees Castle? I'm like, hell yeah. So we stop at the gas station. We get some snacks and some drinks, and we make our way. Yeah. And Mitchell goes, I have the, it's perfect to set the mood. And we just listen <laughs> to this, this dark, almost like a film score the entire way there and back. And it did. It set the tone. Yeah. It was magnificent. So, yeah, so shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, like, the peak for me for the longest time. Like, what I showed him was, like, the creme de creme of, like, how fucking soulfully chilling music can be for me, right? Mm -hmm. I remember driving, and we were talking about how it felt like we were in a movie. Yeah. Like, we were going to pull up and get killed. Yeah. 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 So, until... <laughs> <laughs> One day, recently... Um, I got, um, I got a tip on this piece of music that, uh, is, is quite interesting. So just to give it its justice, so I don't fuck it up. Right. I want to make sure that I cover all of the, and I need to write this one down too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the musician goes by, um, he goes by the name The Caretaker. His real name is uh, Leyland James Kirby. He, I believe he's from Manchester. Um, Has he done anything else? That name sounds extremely familiar uh, to me. He's done like some other like underground stuff like this. Okay. Um, you may have heard some of his stuff before. It's possible. Um, but yeah, he, he goes by the, the moniker The Caretaker online. That's what he goes by. Maybe I'm just getting mixed up with Maynard James Keenan. That could be. That could be. <laughs> I was just like, that might be what I was actually thinking of. That, you know, that could be. That could be. So, just to try to set the tone for this. A couple years back, this dude makes a six-hour piece of music that's... Ooh. That's broken down into six different stages. Okay. And it's called Everywhere at the End of Time. And what the music is supposed to do is it's supposed to show you in audio form what it feels like to have dementia. Oh, oh that's shit. interesting. Okay. So, just to give you the vibe, what he does, he, I guess years ago found a bunch of old between 1920s and 1940s like ballroom music on vinyl okay yeah and what he did was is he took like a bunch of snippets from those added like certain effects to them and then added it to this and let me just let me just do this i think this would be the most effective way for all the stages he wrote like a like a description of what you're supposed to feel Okay. That's cool. So yeah. maybe okay. maybe that will give you guys maybe a, like a vibe of what it's going for. <laughs> I mean, so, it already sounds cool as as hell. It's I mean, it cool. sounds it is. So okay. So stage one. Okay. Here we experience the first signs of memory loss. This stage is most like a beautiful daydream, the glory of old age and recollection, the last of the great days. What I could describe the first stage as the closest I could as like the music that's playing in the ballroom and the shining. It sounds okay. Like, mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That's what it, that's the vibe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then it gets to stage two and the second stage is the self realization and awareness that something is wrong with the refusal to accept that. 
more <laughs> effort is made to remember so memories can be more long form with a little more deterioration in quality. The overall personal mood is generally lower than the first stage and at a point before confusion starts setting in. So what happens is, is he takes some of those same clips and he warps them in a way to where they don't sound quite the same that they did in the first. You recognize it, but, the, yeah, but it's not to... quite the same, right? So then stage three, you're supposed to, it says, here we are presented with some of the last coherent memories before confusion fully rolls in and the gray mist form and fade away. Finest moments have been remembered. The musical flow in places is more confused and tangled. As we progress, some singular memories become more disturbed, isolated, broken, and distant. These are the last embers of awareness before we enter the post-awareness stages. So what happens there, same vibe, but then he kind of starts like crossing shit a little bit. Not a lot, but just enough to where you're like, okay, more distorted noise, mm -hmm. more shit going on with the simplicity of what we were listening to. Kind of like that. Stage four is the post-awareness is where serenity and the ability to recall singular memories gives way to confusions and horror. It's the beginning of an eventual process where all memories begin to become more fluid through entanglements, repetition, and rupture. So stage four is where it starts to really get fucked up. It's where, like, he basically is taking multiple of those sound bites and, like, pretty much putting them on top of each other while distorting them, warping them, mixing them. It's chaotic as fuck. Right. Wow. Stage five is post-awareness confusions and horror. More extreme entanglements, repetition and rupture can give way to calmer moments. The unfamiliar may sound and feel fa uh, familiar. Time is often spent only in the moment leading to isolation. So stage five is basically like stage four on crack. Basically. Jesus Christ. And then stage six, the last stage, post-awareness stage six is without description. What that is, is it's basically just a singular drone sound for about an hour, a little over. And then the last five minutes, they play a snippet from stage one. Fuck. And then there's a minute of silence that's supposed to symbolize that you died. That's Jesus powerful. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> but that, like, that's scary, right? Like, dementia is horrifying. Right. Could you imagine one day looking in the mirror and you don't know dick all about anything? You don't know who you are. You have fragments. Well, let me tell you why I heard about this. I heard about this because it's starting to gain popularity with the online community and they're starting to do like challenges where they're supposed to like give their live reactions to listening to this. Mm -hmm. People will fucking cry. Like really? people will cry at this. Like people will get to the end and they cry. Like that's how much it fucking. And you're listening for six straight hours. You know, I didn't. I think some people That's might. That's what I was going to ask is if you could break it up because I don't, I don't know that I could. No, no, no. I don't know that I could block out six hours to do no this. No fucking way. No, there was no. no way I could do it. The, the best way that I did it, and may, I don't know if I'd recommend this to everybody, but like what I would do is I think I listened to it once in like different sessions. Mm -hmm. So I knew what to expect like everywhere. And then the second time... I would skip through parts if I knew it was just repetitive or whatever, and then I would get the experience in a faster way. So I'd be able to like understand it a little bit clearer because I'm going through it quicker. So where you find this, are you able to see the chapter type breakdown like you said? Uh, yeah, it's very okay. yeah, it's very okay. specific. Okay. Yeah. Um but like people will cry. People say that they, you know, 
start to fucking think that they're losing their memory. The best one I heard was this dude uh, was listened to the whole six hours of it while doing a Minecraft stream. He said once he got to the final couple of stages, he found himself not knowing how to, like, play the game anymore. I was going to ask, I because mean, obviously I, I don't know anything about this. Yeah, you like, do. Is this... I know that Audible stuff can rewire your brain. I mean, is this something they think is possible for this to throw you off you know, your center? I, here's, here's what I think. I mean, I'm curious as hell to hear the thing, but is it going to fuck you up to, well, to alter your mind? Here, here's what I think. This you is remember my back in the day when you could put on headphones and this audio file makes it feel like you're on LSD. <laughs> Do you remember that bullshit? I'm not, not to take what no, no, you're no. saying down, but yeah. it's like that same vibe. This, I feel like, is a lot more well done. It's a lot more accurate. So, so yeah. It sounds like it's really hitting on some stuff. So here's the thing. This is what I think about it. I don't think the I don't think the dude's purpose of making this was to fucking like ruin people's lives. No, I don't get I didn't get that from yeah, you no, telling it. I, I think um, you know, I think it was more to like maybe raise awareness and give people that were wanting to see like kind of the closest way to feel dementia without getting dementia would be like That's, this, right? Yeah. Um I think that some people when they talk about their experiences, I think you have to have the right mindset going into listening to it. And it could go both ways. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. there's some people that listen to it, they don't take it seriously, and they think it sucks because they're not taking it seriously, right? Because if you don't take anything seriously, you're not going to get anything out of it, right? Right. I think there's the other side where people take it so seriously that they let themselves get so affected by it that I think they start to trick their brain into what's actually happening, right? Okay. Because I think that's a possible... I think that happens too, right? Well, Sure. Yeah. Me as just like I just was a spectator. I just wanted to know what the fuck this was, right? I didn't right. I didn't joke about it, but I also didn't want to like truly fucking like dive yeah. deep in, right? And the the reactions and the moments that I had to be completely honest with you, I got more moved by the early stages than the later ones because the early stages to me I could, I could just feel the, I could feel like the pain and I could feel the anger and the sorrow. Like mm -hmm. there's, there's things I've read where like some of the, cause a lot of the clips, like I said earlier, are kind of repetitive with mm -hmm. each other mm -hmm. and some of them are used more than others. They think one of them that's used the most is supposed to represent like a significant other. And how the memory is just slowly fucking going away. Right. They don't want it to go away. And then there's some all you know other ones where they say like one of them is like a traumatic experience, and one of them is like this, and one of them is like that. That tore me up more than the later stuff because the later stuff is just like it's super fucking chaotic and it's crazy and it's it's weird. But you're like I would maybe if you're not expecting that maybe mm -hmm. that would get you more. But since I was expecting it, it didn't take right. me as off guard. Right. You know, because that's another thing I, you know, think too. I think if you listen to this and you don't read those first, you don't know what to expect. I wonder what your fucking experience would be. Like if it would be as powerful or if it would just kind of be like, what the fuck is this? Like, what am I listening to? What, what right. am I supposed to get out of this? Right. Because um, the brain's a very powerful thing. Once you tell yourself what it is, I mean, that it, it, you get a whole nother experience, right? I think that's kind of why a lot of people either love film critics or they hate film critics because some people will read, you know, a critic uh, article of a movie 
and it will almost like change your perspective on a film that you thought you liked before. Uh-huh, right? uh-huh. You read it and you're like, oh shit. Well, fuck, now that he's putting it that way, that was a shit movie, you know what I mean? So right. it's kind of like that, right? So, but at the end of the day, like, I, I think it's a very, very interesting and almost like important piece of music for people to, to listen to. Just based on you telling me about it, I, I, I agree. And I wonder, my first thought when you started describing it is, does, does this guy have somebody close to him? suffer that's a good this and this is something that he being an artist and being able to put it into a format that we could understand is this his way of trying to kill us all yeah i don't know that for a fact but yeah i i wouldn't count that out i can tell you that a lot of people that listen to this that have known people that have had dementia Mm -hmm. definitely relate with that a lot more than some other people right because they listen to it and they're like dude this is like i lived with somebody that had dementia and this is like exactly what it's like like it starts yeah. off where like they remember but not everything like it just slowly starts like it, it's right. like it starts off with them like not remembering where their keys are or like not remembering that they had an appointment you know a week from today or like small shit like that and then it evolves into like oh i don't remember you know i don't remember why i'm here i don't remember why i'm driving yeah i don't remember where i'm driving to and then it almost evolves into like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Why are yep. you in my house? Like that kind of shit. And it just, it, it just continues to delve. Right. And yeah. I think that's, I think that's the horrifying thing with listening to this music, because I'm telling you, like, that's the closest you can feel. Cause once it starts getting fucking chaotic, like you want so like your brain so bad wants to fucking remember what the fuck you were listening to before. Mm-hmm. And you just can't because the chaotic music is just fucking taking over everything. Like it's just so entangled in its in, in itself that you just you can't your brain can't piece it all together, right? It just can't. It's too fucking all over the place. It is Wow. It's a vibe, bro. You weren't kidding. You had <coughs> yeah. you had some <laughs> yeah. heavy shit. No, I mean that is I'm definitely wow. checking it out though. That you've piqued my interest. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean that's I have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. That's the most interested I've seen Austin to one of my ideas since yeah. this for Valentine's Day. <laughs> really? <laughs> and that was a fucking hit, yeah. my guy. <laughs> All three of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's good shit. Wow. Yeah, that really has me wondering uh, uh, just as much about the guy as, as the... Yeah. As the project, I'm going to call it a project. I mean, what else can you call six hours worth of time? Fuck. I mean, you call it a musical piece, but I I call it, uh, I mean, that's a project, right? It's a project. Yeah, I'd say it's a project. So. I'd say so. The cool thing, too, about it. What's the drive for him behind the project? I feel like it has to be deeply personal. Yeah, I would say so. The cool thing, though, that I didn't really know about until I already listened to it, because I, I have it on Bandcamp, and it just shows the one album art, mm-hmm. but he actually has different album arts for each stage that's supposed to even add more to it. Yeah, I was going to say, that kind of makes sense, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a vibe, bro. Is that the only thing that he has under the caretaker name? No. Is this project? Oh, no. no. Okay. There's more. Yeah. And what was this one called? Uh, Everywhere at the End of Time. Everywhere at the End of Time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely going on to the listen, but I just don't know. 
Yeah, you're gonna have to be How strategic. How much you gonna break? It. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to be strategic about it. Because I want it to be close enough together to may have it make sense. But yeah. I don't want, yeah. That way you can still yeah. retain some of the first right. part and the later part. Right. That way you don't just jump into a session just scrambled like what the fuck am I listening Because that's, that's the thing. That's why it took me a while to talk about it because I didn't want to talk about it out of turn and not understand it. Because right. there was no way I was going to listen to a six-hour piece in one. And even if I did, I'd have to listen to it again. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. From start to finish. From uh-huh. when you were first, when your first session started. Yeah. Because you said you did it kind of like where you'd listen to the parts individually, then you kind of scrub through, see the transitions. And then I'm assuming you probably went back and then listened to more like extended versions of yeah. it. How long of a time frame are we talking here? A like, couple months. Oh, so this has been going on for a while. Okay. okay. I thought I, you were going to say like a week or two. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I had to take breaks because this shit's like. You listen to it for long enough, and it, like, haunts your dreams. Like, you have to fucking that's, take a break. See, that's what I was wondering, is if... Yeah. And, and I I get what you were saying earlier about the people that just won't take it serious, and are like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And the people that get themselves so psyched up that they make it into more. Yep. But to me, being into psychology and stuff, and you guys are too, I, I could see where just being the spectator that you mentioned, I mean, even just being a spectator and curious... I, I don't see how it couldn't fuck with you some. Oh, it has. That's and, and like you said, I mean, entering your dreams and, and haunting you, I, I don't see how it couldn't. It really. gives it, the one thing I can say for sure that it probably does to everybody that takes it seriously is it gives you a different perspective of life. Yeah. Like you look at life different after listening to it. And I think that's kind of like the goal. Like I haven't heard it, obviously, but yeah. it's kind of like an awareness, but more so it's an understanding. That's yeah. that's that's where I throw in that project because thing a lot too, of people, because I think he does have a goal of all right, listen to this and and try to understand when that person that you love doesn't remember you one day when you walk in there and you're angry and that it's they don't easy remember to get you frustrated right yeah listen to this but that's the dark thing about it because i think a lot of people misunderstand dementia because they don't want to understand dementia <laughs> I, I don't disagree like yeah, yeah that's that's the best way i can put it like, you just want to put we want to i think as a race as a human race i think we want to i think we enjoy our simple explanations for things yeah yeah and I don't see where there's a simple explanation for dementia. No. I don't see it. No. Nope. I mean, I'm going to give a little personal tidbit. My uncle right now, uh, he, had, he had a form of cancer, but they treated it so aggressively that you guys probably know with radiation therapy, they talk about it. It scrambles your brain. Yep. And he's dealing with the same thing where he can't remember what he did a half an hour ago. Mm-hmm. But I'll go visit him and he'll tell me stories about when he was a kid and he'll be dead on. Yep. That fascinates the shit out of me. Yep. How when these things start happening, it's the short-term memory. But the mm-hmm. long-term, but then they can recall stuff from ages ago. Uh, you being down rabbit holes on videos, you've probably seen some like this where they've put, where they've played music from an Alzheimer's patient's younger years and they, and they perk right up. Yep. <sighs> Well, and that's that kind of touches this too. Right? right. They kind of touch on that a little bit. And that's why uh, you guys will hear me say it hundreds of times throughout our podcasts. And it's an excuse. I shouldn't say an excuse. It's a reason that I've given in numerous interviews. Why do you like this type of psychology? Why do you like these type of events? It's endlessly fascinating to what our brains can come up with and make us do. And we, this is endlessly fascinating. 
I mean, we build our whole reality based on what we perceive. Right. Like minds are powerful. A simple, I guess not a simple, but like all it takes is one like misfire in your brain and you're hallucinating, right? Exactly. Like you're going through a psychosis and or I mean, a psychotic you're talking brain. about how many neurons going around, how many connections are supposed to be made. I mean, like that. And yeah, one off kilter and your entire reality is, is changed. Like I said, endlessly fascinating. It always will be. And that's why I'll probably always be into it. We'll never, I don't give a shit 200 years from now in the tech that we might have. I don't think we will ever have any, uh, have definitive answers on certain things dealing with the human brain. Well, the most fascinating thing I learned about dementia after kind of getting interested in that with this is, um, so dementia attacks a specific part of your brain. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who it was, but somebody kind of did like a, like a kind of a study about it and, uh, like artistic people that have dementia, when you look at their work pre dementia Mm -hmm. and what they paint, like once they have dementia, the crazy thing about it, it's kind of haunting, but it's beautiful in a way. Dementia, people that suffer with dementia don't remember faces anymore. Like that's gone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're so they're they're trying to paint the same thing, and it comes out as like an abstract, like wild looking thing. But like you see, you see what it should be. Like you look at it and you're like, I know what the fuck this is supposed to be. But like they they can't do that. Like it's impossible. Like another thing that I that I saw too that's fascinating is if you ask a person with dementia to draw a clock for you, they cannot mm-hmm. because time yeah. does not mean anything to them. Like they will, they will try. I think the farthest a lot of them get is they can draw the circle yeah, and they can do like the 12, but they can't fit all the numbers in the circle and they don't know where they're supposed to go and how, like they can't, they physically cannot do it. Yeah. That's, it's insane. Yeah. And I'll, I'll use this opportunity to, throw in what we hit on a couple times ago not exactly the same type of thing but we are talking mental health if you guys seek out the resources if you're if you yourself have questions and are wondering what might be going on in your head if you are dealing with relatives there's resources out there please seek them out i mean we can't understand this there's far more educated people that don't have a grasp on some of this stuff so you definitely need the help please seek it out all I got that's that's heavy shit and yeah we got to take advantage of the resources that we got to to try to help us not necessarily understand but to best deal with where you might find your your grandma your grandpa so you know what's going to happen now all of our fans are going to be like you know how you guys said earlier that you're down to do that listen thing with us we want to listen to that yeah yeah (laughs) honestly though I think I, I think I would do it. I would do, I would it. do it. Yeah. We get a fucking pizza, some wings, some beer. Let's yeah. go, bro. Block out a weekend so we have time to... Even better. To bring ourselves up to it, to to do it, and then to deal with the aftermath after. Yeah. This doesn't really apply to Brian because he doesn't drink. But you and I... <laughs> we'll get fucked. Get fucking <laughs> plastered. And then we'll just cuddle on the couch drunk and cry. Oh, my God. That's probably what's going to happen, bro. I'll never forget you, bro. (laughs) 
Madeline and Chiana are going to be like, pussies. <laughs> I was going to say, but I think... Fucking pussies. I see where you're going with that, but I think you also owe it to the project and to yourself to do it stone sober, too. I do. I mean, yeah, see both? I can't I mean, discredit I, it. I was going to say, see both sides, though. I mean, it, that would be interesting, too. Here is Stone Cold Sober. Here's Under the Influence of Whatever. And well, if see what that does with well, you. Well, I was chilled to the bone sober. I can't imagine what it would be like drunk. Yeah, because that's already depressing. Correct. Because... Yeah, when I'm drunk, I'm at a whole nother level. And then listening to that, it's going to be like, I'm not even going to know who I am. <laughs> like, who the fuck, where am I? <laughs> so maybe we would need to be around you to keep you safe. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> it's very possible. Yeah, that's, I don't know if I'd play with that. Yeah, it's like somebody that does like too much acid their first time and then they're never the fucking same. Right, <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> like, what is his name? Uh... Daniel Johnston. That's a good. That's a good fucking. I don't know who that is. You don't know who Daniel Johnston is? Uh-uh. Man, look that shit. Up. Is he the Acid Castle guy who lived in the bunker, and like they just did acid for like months? No. Is it that guy? No. I don't. I don't think so. He. I don't know if he ever got uh, diagnosed with anything, but like he had some. I'm pretty sure he had some mental disabilities. But he was he was a musician. He also did like artwork, like like scribble drawings. Um, but he was he was a singer, and like got popular because Kurt Cobain from Nirvana was like in love with him and like mm-hmm. really liked his work. But it's like it's very like it's very like spacey, scatterbrained kind of like pop kind of shit. It's okay. It's, it's it's a little off the wall, but it, it kind of fits to what we're talking about. Like he's not trying to make it sound a little eerie, but it kind of is. <laughs> like it kind of sounds a little right. Eerie. All right. <laughs> yeah. Especially knowing his mental state. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Exactly. Like if you read on him and you watch the documentary on him and then you listen to his music, you're like, oh shit. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. Daniel Johnston. Daniel Johnston. Johnston. Daniel Johnston. Okay. Interesting dude. He is. He he was an interesting dude. Well, it's like we talked previously about Sid Barrett. I mean, Sid was considered Ooh. a genius, but Sid also had a lot of stuff going on upstairs, and you just. It makes me wonder if he was always like that, or if that was just a drug, fueled. Yeah, endeavor. I I don't know. I. I know the drugs no doubt made it worse. Oh, yeah. And, and made it probably come on quicker. Well, I think a lot of guys from that time era, or people, I should say, didn't really know how bad the effect of some drugs were, and they just fucking no, did that no, shit exactly. as well. No, exactly. Until and, the lights went off. And some of them were simply self-medicating and thought they were self-medicating. Yes. It, and it had just tragic consequences. It's just like, I just watched it the other day. <laughs> fucking... Dewey Cox does fucking acid yeah. with the Beatles. <laughs> do you want to do more acid, Dewey Cox? <laughs> oh, this Dewey? This is weed. You don't want no part of this, Dewey. It's not a habit for me. It's the cheapest drug there is. <laughs> this is really going to scare you, Dewey. You don't want no part of this. You cannot overdose from yeah. this. <laughs> you can't OD on it. <laughs> Do it. You caught me in It higher. makes sex even better. <laughs> Jesus. Well, it kind of sounds like I do want a part in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
when he does cocaine and then they they go to where they're like doing a practice song and he's just doing screamo. He's like, ah, <laughs> faster. <laughs> Dude, no one's going to want to listen to this, you punk. But mom, I've smelled blind. <laughs> I can't smell no more. We're going to light a candle tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian. No. That movie is gold. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I I will put this in there. <laughs> that in uh, Kong Skull Island. Yeah. John C. Riley. Hell yeah. Is, is He's a fucking grade A fucking actor, my guy. He have, really have is. You, have you seen that? Yeah. Have Have you seen it? No. Just the way he delivers some shit is just you just like okay. I mean, you love the dude. I, I love the dude, but that's that movie was fucking pitiful. No, sorry, no. <laughs> we will forever disagree, and I'm fine with. But that. like, okay, give me like a why. I don't even remember Mitchell. I just remember when it was done. I was like, that was a waste of fucking <laughs> an hour and forty or something. I was we, like, we, that's that how was, I felt about us. I was like, that is just fucking. I was like, that was, that was uh, god awful. It didn't go anywhere. Then nothing made me laugh. Yeah, actually, that reminds me. Shy's not allowed on the fucking show. And oh. fucking- <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell's gonna walk out on this podcast. <laughs> the only thing that we agree on is Lucifer Valentine and John C. Riley. Fucking walk hard. <laughs> I just no. The funniest part about that scene with the Beatles is like they introduce their full name when they talk yeah. every time. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do, John Lennon from the Beatles. You guys. Oh my god, so funny! And fucking Jack White plays Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> You want to come on, man? <laughs> what the fuck was he talking about? <laughs> God, I need to go back and rewatch that. Dude, it's it's been too long. Oh, he needs to think about his entire life before he plays. <laughs> <laughs> Is that that Dewey that they're talking about? Yeah. Okay. I've been hammed. <laughs> Dewey, I've been cut half pretty bad. <laughs> the wrong son died that day. The wrong kid died. <laughs> I would have been a president. The first president in space. Your mother fell out of the window listening to your song. <laughs> you killed her. <laughs> I have to look something up because the reason I bring that up. Completely off Dewey Cox. But I saw this film pitch. Hello, Dewey Cox. And I thought of you immediately. I got it. Oh, I'm intrigued now. Is yeah. it like an eating disorder documentary? No, 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 no. I eat a I healthy know. amount. <laughs> no. Although doctors did think that when I was younger. Yeah, they probably asked you, like, are you doing, like, coke or something? What are you doing? So at one point in time, they made me fill out one of those, like, journals that, uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? A- I anorexia. Six, I had a six-pack and a pound from Doggo John's day. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, they had me fill out one of those journals of, like, you know, like, to make sure that, like, you know, I wasn't fucking lying. So I had to, like, you know, document everything that I ate to make sh- to kind of figure out why I was underweight. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> they probably thought that I was bullshitting with them because it would be like it'd be like a 16 inch Quiznos sub, one sitting Dude, fries. Quiznos. Yeah, that's a throwback. Holy shit. I want Quiznos. Large pizza. Yeah. Here you go. 
from PromoteHorror.com. The Blues Man, soon to be in production in Texas. The Blues Man is a feature film soon to be in production in Texas. It's a twist on the legend of Robert Johnson selling his soul at the crossroads. Fuck yeah. What if Robert wasn't the one cursed that night at the crossroads? What if it was actually the guitar that the devil placed the curse on? But when Robert died, the guitar is buried with him. Now devil wants it back, so he makes another deal. But when greed takes over and they try to sell the guitar, all hell breaks loose. And they give it to Dewey Cox. (laughs) (laughs) Filled with blues music, both old and new, an amazing cast so far. The Blues Man will set your soul on fire. Starring Bill Mosley, Ed Neal, John Dugan, Dwayne Whitaker, Mark Duke Dalton, Moses Mosley, Katie Lynn, Dude, Mike Bill Mosley is the shit. And Cassidy Reyes. I would love to meet Bill Mosley. So, yeah, as soon as I saw that headline about it's a take on the Robert Johnson thing, and I was like, uh, okay, Austin, yeah, I got to tell you about I would this, bro. Definitely watch that. I've done a bad thing. And if any other worldly entities are listening right now, just know that I'm willing to negotiate the cost of my eternal soul for something. I don't know. Make me an offer. And the cool part about this is the Ed Neal. You know who that is? I've heard the name, yeah. The hitchhiker from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I have met Mr. Neal and had and shot the show with him, Dugan. Yeah. I know Dugan. Yeah. Uh, Moses Mosley was one of Michonne's walkers from uh, Walking Dead. He was at my show. Hell yeah. Ago. So I know three of these guys right off the bat. Dude, Bill Mosley. It's fucking bro. awesome. Bill fucking Mosley, bro. Ed Neal, though, if you ever, get, if you guys ever get a chance to meet Ed at a show, I, I can't say enough about how cool that guy was. And I, I mean, I'd seen Texas Chainsaw, and I thought he was crazy. He falls into that character to this day. I mean, like that. He just really, yeah. Was a, I'd ask him something, and and he'd say something. And actually, uh, the guy that used to do my promo videos, Ben, is a huge Texas Chainsaw fan, and he had tickets for that Midwest Monster Fest that had. Uh, Terry, who was the one that gets hung on the hook, John Dugan, and Ed Neal. And he was, I mean, just fucking devastated that he couldn't meet him. I asked each one of them. I was like, hey, my friend Ben does this. And, and Dugan talked to Terry and Ed for me. And they all gave a video shout-out that I recorded to Ben. And Ed fell right in there. He's like, hey, Ben, I'm sorry you couldn't. And I mean, he just fell right in. And I was like, holy shit. And he's like, what 8 by 10 do you want? And he's like, this is kind of cool they did this because there's one with him riding in the van. And he's like, see, they did this knowing that in 50 years I'd be uh, at convention signing stuff because, look, they left right over my shoulder that big open window so I could put my signature right on there and not cover up my own face. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Ed. <laughs> so Ed Neal is the shit. Just out of curiosity, yes. you know, I'll cut it from the podcast. No. Uh, what's Ben's last name? Atley. Yeah, okay, never mind. I, I have a friend, Ben, who does a lot of, like, video editing and stuff. I didn't know if, like, maybe we were having no, some I'll throw, weird connection right there. I'll throw You can leave it in there. Ben Diatley was my video extraordinaire, and I'm hoping to get him back to start doing some more for me. Video Ben runs uh, uh, 13 on 13. Yeah, you would pull up his yeah, page. Yeah, he's got a whole lot of followers on YouTube, a whole lot. So, yeah. Hey. Yeah, you can leave that in there. Fuck it. Hell yeah, we're leaving it Fuck in there. It. Hey, you know what else we're going to leave in there real quick? Somewhere, if Austin finds room for it. You guys see the good news today about a serial killer in Cleveland? Anthony Soule. He killed all drug addicts and prostitutes. They, some of the family's survivor, or some of the surviving family members even sued Cleveland because they just didn't seem to give a shit to catch mm-hmm. him. He fucking died in prison. Ooh. Yep. He was a waste. 
waste over space. Did he hang himself? What do you do? It very small story that says a what do they call it? A chronic condition, not COVID. Uh-huh. Made the point of saying it wasn't COVID, but they said it was a chronic condition. And I discovered that whatever prison he was in in Ohio, I love where they transported him to. The wing. You know what? <laughs> the wing that they transported him to was uh, the end of life ward, is what they call it. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all maybe, right. Maybe he was stroking too much. Maybe. Yeah. Good maybe. old Clarence Carter, you know? Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter, Clarence Carter. <laughs> Ooh, shit, Clarence Carter. <laughs> Stick it up my... Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Stroke! Yep. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> and, and if my stuff ain't tight enough, you can stick it up my... Woo! <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, that's fucking... That's the shit. Yep. Tell y'all! <laughs> Stroke it in the back seat of a car! <laughs> well, let me ask you this. <laughs> <laughs> Have any of you stroked watching the Late Late Show? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess I'm going to end it on this note, everybody. You can come and stroke with us on May 7th, 8th, and 9th at Revenant Con. (laughs) It's going to be nice and nipply with a stroke in action. I'm going to sign some tits. I say, get your tits out, Mitchell, sign it. I'll have my Sharpie ready to fucking go. That shit's going to be permanent. You're not getting rid of that shit. You might as well get it tattooed on after I fucking sign it because it's there forever. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this morbidly macabre episode about music that changed our lives. Maybe for the better. Maybe not. Maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. I think we have a lot of homework to do. I think you guys have a lot of homework to do. And let us know. I think we kind of have come to the conclusion that we're down to do a little bit of a listening party with y'all if we get enough people interested if they want to do that with us get to know us a little bit have some fun well we'll see how fun it is <laughs> you know and uh and get that going i mean i'm pretty much done do you guys have any other words before we sign this off today no i think uh just what we talked about previous please make sure to to follow along on facebook we do have a website up for revenant con as well but facebook definitely gets all the news first and and tickets are going live. And tickets, tickets are live. Uh, the Friday night investigation tickets are live. Uh, well, so is the Saturday night. I just haven't refreshed that on the page yet. So uh, you can find all those things on the Revenant Con Facebook page. Like I said, that's that one's just a lot easier for me to get to in a timely fashion. I don't do website stuff. I have to ask somebody to post things on there for me. So Facebook's the way to go. Uh, check out our Morbidly Macabre page. I think we are growing. I know we're up over 200. And I don't know where we're at on listens, but... Uh, over 200, baby! We're over 200! Yes! Yes! And uh, you guys continue to, yeah, follow along. Give us some suggestions. Lord knows we have a ton of things we can talk about. We hope to be with you for quite some time. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got tonight. Morbidly Macabre, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, fucking get there. Tell everybody. Tell everybody to listen to it. I don't care who it is. Tell your priest to right. listen to us. Yeah. Tell your fucking therapist to listen to us. Tell your fucking escort to listen to us. I don't give a shit. Tell your fucking second or third stepdad to listen to us. <laughs> get it out there. I want fucking everybody. Fuck I, don't, yes. I don't judge. I don't judge you. Don't judge me. I don't judge you. We're here for everybody to listen to our podcast. We're fucking here every single goddamn Friday. Don't fucking miss it. We're there. 
We're square. May 7th, 8th, 9th, we're having a con, be there, be square. It's going to be nipply, sign some tits, it's fucking good. Done. Over. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Later. <laughs>